welcome back to another episode of the Media Boat Podcast. Your weekly episodes for talk on movie, TV, music, and <laughs> video games. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Yes, movie, singular. Only one. Yes. It's like those a... places that say taco. There's only... Like, there's only one taco. you got to go get that taco before somebody else buys it. Uh, so we will call that a wedding ring. But yes. Getting that taco. Anyway. Ew. Uh, <laughs> I don't like that at all. Thank you for joining us at the Media Vote Podcast. I tr- trust me, it'll get better, better from here. Uh, <laughs> it is June the 24th, 2023. Summer is upon us. The solstice has happened. It is heating up here in Southern California. Um, and yes, this is episode 389 of the Media Vote Podcast. And yes, he's right. We talk about all that and more, and we always start with music, and we always start the music section with... The Weekend Box... No. No. Mm-mm. Nope. Uh, we start the music <laughs> section with the Billboard, which is yes. Billboard with the Hot 100. What's hot this week? Hot this week is Last Night uh, by Morgan Wallen. Oh, I have something to say about this. I was finally watched I watched a, a TikTok where I finally heard a Morgan Wallen song. Yes, to that point, I had been blessed by the fact that I had never heard Morgan Wallen. Okay. Well, now that I have, oh my god, no, I'm even more bewildered annoyed. by why this man is popular. Even more annoyed. He's the most mumbly-ass voice. I, like, could not understand what he was saying. It sounds like shit. Yeah. Why do people like this guy? Yeah. Like, there, now there are multiple reasons well, why I don't You can understand. make up your own words to his songs. You That's can why. seriously do, because it's just like, rah, 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 rah. That's what he sounds like. Yeah. What? Why? I don't... Whatever. Anyways. Continue. I just wanted to... Mention that now that I have more ammunition for my fight against him. <laughs> anyway, he's got to go on. Yes, uh, in a UFC octagon in Vegas. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> I would die. <laughs> that would be the end of my life. Because you'd be in Vegas. I mean, partially. <laughs> Never find my body. I played in New Vegas while I was in Vegas. Yep. Bury me alive. Anyways, continue. At number two, Flowers by Miley Cyrus. Still there. At three, Fast Car. Ugh. By Luke Combs. Uh, coming in at four, Calm Down by Rima and Selena Gomez. I refuse to calm down. And rounding out your top five, All My Life by <laughs> Little Dirk featuring J. Cole. <laughs> I wish it was a cover of that, but no, it's not. No, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> As for your album tree, Billboard 200, One Thing at yeah. a Time, Morgan Wallen, yeah. is your number one album. Coming in at two, the Show by Niall Horan. Um, not Niall. No. Yeah, Niall Horan. <laughs> I want to say this is debuting at number two. No, yes, yes it is. Yes. Uh, at three, Stick Season by Noah Kahn. Kahan. Kahn. Uh, at four, Midnight's by Taylor Swift. And rounding out your top five, coming in yeah. hot on the heels of its movie box office, mm-hmm. Spider-Man. A colon across the Spider Verse by Metro Boomin presents. Yeah, so this is a soundtrack to the Across the Spider Verse um, charting, uh, debuting this week at number five. Debuting this week. Debuting this week. Oh. Um, remember, doing this on a Saturday, and this will change uh, because, spoiler alert, we're going to move the schedule of the show a little bit starting yes. this week. Um, but we'll talk about that at the end. For now, the weird thing about doing this on Saturday is we're technically a week behind okay. on the, 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 um, Billboard stuff. So this is going to change in like a day. 
All right. So that's why this is. So we're actually like. So think about this as if we were talking last week. Yes. But yeah, that will change. Uh, we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Have but we anyways, not talked about that album? No, uh, no, I don't believe you talked about it. Uh, did I at least like talk I, about it when we talked about my thoughts about Spider-Man? Maybe I don't know. I think we were trying to tiptoe around the Spider-Man talks because I haven't seen it yet. Oh yes, that's um, right. But yeah, when we do, maybe I'll take a look at the album too. I didn't listen to anything this week, just to tell you. Okay. Time, so. Well, I am the reason that is at the number five spot. Yes, you. I have been listening to that You're uh, it. since I since it's come out. <laughs> yeah, right now. But if I didn't want to listen to that, and I didn't like any of these. Then you better get your ass and see Spider-Man into Across the Spider-Verse. No, do your thing. Do the bit about new releases. If you like any of those <laughs> albums, you have new releases. There it is. Thank you. Starting with yet another album titled <laughs> Anthology. Yeah. But this one is by Charlie Watts. Okay. There's also Funky Nothingness by Frank Zappa. <laughs> That's a good name for a Frank Zappa record. Uh, Stories from a Rock and Roll Heart oh. by Lucinda Williams. Okay. And lastly... In the end, it always does by the Japanese house. Yes. Uh, not to be confused with, I think it's Japanese Breakfast Club? No, just Japanese Breakfast. Although Japanese, Japanese Breakfast. Breakfast Club would be a good before and after on Jeopardy. Yes. We should do that. Uh, tell Ken Jennings. We didn't get to Ken Jennings real quick. No one would get it, though. <laughs> I would. No one would understand that Japanese Breakfast right. is what, a band. What would be What would be the clue for that? It'd be like, Michelle's Honor leads this band of 80s brat, brat pack, um, like John Hughes move, uh, stars. Like, there, there you go. That would be Japanese Breakfast Club. There, I just gave you a free one, Jeopardy writers. <laughs> Credit me. You send me a check for 20 uh, You can't. They're still the WGA. There's that's no right. writers. They're not writing anything. That's Well, that's... Well, I'm not guild. I can write whatever they want. Whatever Scab. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, it's time for calling you a scab, which we'll get to later. A couple of stories this week, but a couple of the music stories, unfortunately, are bummers. Just preparing you. They're uh, real bummers this week. Here, let, let me get the what womps out of the way. Yeah. Sorry, just no good news. I mean, yes, could I have included the international dates for the Eras tour here? Yes. But do we talk about Taylor Swift way too much on this podcast? Also, also yes. yes. So I was like, let's pause on the Taylor Swift. Just know that Even though we are, will mention that the right. international dates for Taylor Swift yes. have been released. So yeah, she's going to be everywhere in Europe that you want her to be. Paris, London, etc. All uh, through so. the following year, 2024. So enjoy, uh, international listeners, if we have any. Yes, she'll rack up the miles. But in the meantime, here in the U.S., some real bummers happened. But the, uh, the second one more bummer than the first one. But let's All right. get to it. So let's get into the not-so-bummer. Yeah, the mixed <laughs> bag, I guess you could say. All right. Uh, a little bit of follow-up. Yeah. Kesha. Yes. That, that Kesha. Kesha. Uh, with producer Dr. Luke. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And their ongoing lawsuits between one another. Well, the good news is... They've settled. Yes. Uh, bad news is that they settled it out of court. Well, yeah, but they settled is the, is the point. We'll, uh, we'll get to explaining what I feel about this at the end of the story, but let's do the story. First. Okay, so each of them have released a quote related to the, to the settlement that indicated they mutually see this as the end of the road for their lengthy legal disputes. Dr. Luke said in his statement that he wishes, wish Kesha well, wishes Kesha well, while Kesha said that she wishes nothing but peace to all parties involved, as the court drama apparently draws to a close. Quote, Only God knows what happened that night, wrote Kesha. 
As I always said, I cannot recount everything that happened. I am looking forward to closing the door on this chapter of my life and beginning a new one. I wish nothing but peace to all parties involved. Close quote. So, okay. So the context and relevance of this is... So yeah, they've been in and out of court for about seven to nine years, I think, uh, yes. about this. This was basically uh, based on an alleged um, uh, sexual assault uh, that Dr. Luke had on yes. Kesha. And we've covered Repe- this. And repeated uh, repeated incidents, according to Kesha, that uh, when they were working together and had a professional relationship. Ultimately, they were the goal for Kesha was is to um, basically be able to separate herself from Dr. Luke's record label, uh, Kimosabi Records. Right, break contract and she go was, somewhere else. She was in contract until this most recent album, Gag Order, which mm-hmm. came out a couple of weeks ago. That was still under his label, even though she's no longer working directly with him and does not use her him as a producer since the release of Warrior in 2012. Right. Um, so since then, pretty much, I, I, I did some digging personally. I did actually some journalism this week. Ooh. And I did some digging to see when around this this the, the seeds of this started. It was shortly after Warrior's release. It was like months after. So 2012 to 2013 is the origin of this. So we've been doing this for a decade. Kesha has been making statements about Dr. Luke's mistreatment of her for 10 years now. So what this is, the significance of this settlement is, this means that one, the legal proceedings are over. A new case would have to be brought up for this to continue. And it sounds like by, the, by their statements, which by the way was a joint statement that they decided to do together, that's key because that was a surprise to a lot of people. Um, that joint statement makes it seem like they are both not going to pursue any further cases. Like this is no, no longer going to, going to be litigated. Which, so yeah, if you're not familiar, basically the settlement just means like both parties were paid out and boom, this is over. Um, that means though, Kesha does not actually get justice for this. And that's what maybe why I refer to this as a mixed bag. This means that ultimately it will always be a case that has no resolution. We will never know whether or not it will always remain alleged what Dr. Luke allegedly did. Allegedly. We are no, no one can ever say yes or no about what actually happened between the two. Mm-hmm. Which is why Ketcha uses terms like, only God knows what happened. I cannot recall. It's because legally that's all she can say mm-hmm. forever. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. Um, anyway, and Dr. Luke on the other side is basically taking the thing, taking it more strict and being like, I didn't do anything. Like, that's still what I'm sticking to, but I wish all parties, you know, success. So, yeah, it feels like a little bit of a a weird, uneven feeling. But the good news about all this is, one, like I said, they don't have to go to court anymore. It's Mm -hmm. over. Legal proceedings are done. And then, two, the other good news is yes, she is no longer contracted with Dr. Luke. So she can now choose to go to a different label and does not have to release her future music on Kimozabi. So that's good news for Kesha because it seemed like she couldn't make the kind of things she wanted or didn't feel comfortable. I mean, that's what Gag Order was named Gag Order because she felt like she could not do, be the artist she wanted to be truly while still dealing with the baggage of Dr. Luke. But... Now she can't, I was going to assume that in the contract, in the settlement, 
she can't sing or talk about it in any future. Well, music. again, it goes back to the legal. Legally, she cannot say anything specific about what happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, though, seeing you can get up to that line, which you saw yeah. a lot in Gag Order, yeah. which was basically being able to be like, I can talk about the, like the the emotions I felt. I can talk about the emptiness that this these events led me to. I just can't say straight up, this is what happened, mm -hmm. uh, which is fine. I think she'll just continue doing that. Um, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, and it means that we won't have a big tell-all probably from Kesha's side anytime soon. How soon do we get another help from then? Uh, I bet it will be a little bit. It seems like she's interested in touring really? on this. Uh, yeah, I think she'll be, she'll she wants to tour first before she goes back to the studio. Oh, I, I she has big plans. I thought if since she'd sign a new label, she'll put out a new album of. I here's what I want to do now. Bet it'll take some time because she'll be on tour for a while. Okay. I would assume we won't see anything until the gag order tour is over. Um. But yeah, so yeah, that's why it's kind of like, it's good news and it's bad news. It's good news because Kesha gets to return to normal life without having to worry about the baggage of this. But it does mean that she will never feel like she got justice for herself uh, for what allegedly occurred. And Dr. Luke will remain being Dr. Luke and probably still continue to work with people without his career being tarnished, which also mm -hmm. is bad news. But it is what it is. And um, at least they can, to a certain extent, move on from this decade-long nightmare. So we'll see. All right. Well, then let's move on to another decade-plus well, long nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Another nightmare for sure. Of uh, shootings. Yeah. Shootings and music? It yes. happens more than you think, unfortunately. Yes. They are combining into a yet another, mm -hmm. and I'm terrible enough to say yet another, right. festival shooting. Uh, this time at Beyond uh, Wonderland Festival in Outside. Right outside of Beyond Wonderland where it was being taken. Where it's taking place. Yes. Uh, so, two people were killed and three injured Saturday night. This is last Saturday. Yes. As violence broke out in a campground at the site of the George Amphitheater. Gorge. In, Gorge Amphitheater <laughs> in Washington State. Uh, the shootings occurred while performances were still going on inside the venue as part of Beyond Wonderland. Yeah. Which is an EDM music In festival. case you didn't have raver friends when you were in college. Yes. Um, a suspect was apprehended and was among the three people reported injured. Early Sunday morning, the festival tweeted that the second day of the festival would be canceled after attendees were alerted via a push notification on the festival app. On Saturday night, the music had continued at Beyond Wonderland despite the tragic violence nearby. The, spokes the spokesman said that when law enforcement arrived on the scene, the suspect continued to, quote, fire randomly into the crowd before being apprehended. Mm -hmm. The nature of the shooter's injuries were not revealed, nor were the conditions of the two survivors of the gunfire. Yeah, I mean, we won't go along on this because we've done this a lot on this podcast, uh, because this, like you said, happens way too many times. Um, but what I will say is, yeah, you should, you should be able to go to a, an EDM festival and enjoy Plur. Uh, without feeling like you're going to die. Like, you should this go, be able sucks. to go to any festival right. of anything. Anything. You should be able to go anywhere without fe the fear of being having open fire. Um, and like, yeah, this is this is a failure of you know policy. This is a failure of security. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of failures happening. A lot of loopholes. A lot of problems that need to be addressed by powers bigger than the leadership of Beyond Wonderland. And like, obviously, there's nothing. 
like immediate here. Uh, it's going to take some time. It's going to take a, a shift in thought, I think, for this stuff to stop happening. And it's going to be, unfortunately, a while until that shift in thought occurs. In the meantime, yeah, it just sucks that we have to deal with this stuff as things are supposed to be joyful, you know? Like, this is supposed to be something you go to escape from life, the realities, especially something like, you know, rave culture is all about, like, as I mentioned Plur, half-joking, but there's there's a point to it. It's like that feeling of, like, again, if you didn't have raver friends in, in college like we did, uh, like, it's that feeling of family and togetherness and joy and happiness and to have it interrupted like by something like this is just the opposite of everything it stands for. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's disappointing. I'm not even that big on EDM music, but I appreciate the feeling that people get from it. And I like that ecstasy, no pun intended, being interrupted by something as horrendous and violent as an act like this. It's just like, it's just terrible. It just it makes me feel gross. And I hate having to live like this, you know, with the constant fear of this happening. So yeah, I mean, it'll be a while uh, till we get, you know, stuff like this stuff's happening. But I hope it's sooner than later. <laughs> However we get, get there. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, yeah, this stuff, I, we're, we're sick of doing these stories. I, I mean, yeah, when, I mean, like I said, I started with yet another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was 2018 was the biggest one. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like much so That was changed. five years. Yeah. I mean, that was October. Five years will be October. Doesn't feel like much has changed, unfortunately, which is, yeah, disappointing in a lot of ways. Yep. Anyway. Anyways. Did you listen to anything? Uh, no, like I mentioned, I did not have time. Well, because uh, Christy was home all day on Friday, and I was home to give her a ride to the, from the Pep Boys. And so uh, yeah, I right. did not have time to listen to anything. I thought you at least give her some uh, dose of Kelly Clarkson. I wanted to. Uh, Chemistry, her new record, is out. You took a look at this. Yes. All right. So, I have a question. My first question is, is this a comeback album for Kelly? Because it seemed like she wanted it to be. Or is this similar to the kind of what you termed mom rock that she's been doing the last couple of years? Uh, it is both a comeback and a return to form. It's a very pop album. Oh, okay. All right. yeah, I was not expecting it. Um, as you mentioned, the last album she put out, I did refer to it as mom, mom pop, rock. Mom, mom rock, mom, mom pop. pop. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, it's like the safe music. You put it in the car and it's very safe. Like, everyone can enjoy but this. But something happened in between that release and this, which is that uh, she got a divorce. Yes. Uh, so does do you think that part of the energy that may have returned is that she's now kind of trying to re-own her identity and her Yes self? and no. Okay. While this album could have really easily just been a post-divorce, I'm going uh-huh. to... Breakup album. Breakup album, be like that. It's not. It's more of a uh, empowerment album. Okay. Uh, think like Katy Perry's Roar. Okay. And when that album came out. Don't love that song. And also, we're bringing Dr. Luke back up, but yes. okay. <laughs> but that kind of, like, feeling of empowerment. Like sure. fireworks. Okay. Uh, probably better. Again, the, yes. not a song I love, but sure. But that kind of, like, feeling of, like, empowerment and, like, being better. Like, taking the high road. There's actually a song called Taking the High Road. Oh, that's funny. Um, being in Kesha. I know. I mean, I feel like this, this song could, I mean, this album could have just been called the high road except again Kesha already put out something called high roads so. yes <laughs> <laughs> anyway i just like stepping right into it aren't I? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're just landmines here just, okay. just running right into it just bulldozing it so uh, yeah, kelly can history. sing uh oh, yes. she's still well, singing here yes. we knew she can sing but yeah um definitely there's definitely times in here where she just like straight up belts oh, yeah. it put the pedal the pedal to the metal on oh, kelly no. Clarkson album. yep 
pipe to the floor, just yeah. belting it. Oh yeah, huge, huge, um, huge numbers. Some ensemble. Weirdly enough, um, Steve Martin. Yes, that's Steve Martin, banjo player. I was going say, is his banjo on the record? Shows up. Hell yes. Yes, it does. You love to hear it. <laughs> Which is weird to think of, like, hey, Kelly Clarkson, in uh, twenty, in twenty years, you're gonna um, <laughs> record, record a song, record a song with, with Steve, Steve Martin, Martin playing banjo. Yes, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're on SNL now, but in twenty years, you're gonna record a song with you Steve mean Martin. American Idol. <laughs> No, no, because after she won American Idol and oh. was touring with her album. On, oh, on this and oh, okay. You, you also did some journalism this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot that happened. Anyways. Because <laughs> right, it was the year after. I gotta go back and watch that episode. Yeah. It was the most wonderful thing about Peacock. You just watch any <laughs> SNL you want. Anyway. But yeah, um, he shows up on this. Um, well, like, he doesn't sing, but his banjo sure. does definitely show up. Great. And it says with steve martin in the yeah, title so that's it. great um and one of the lines is like i choose steve martin over anybody <laughs> i was like ah, i get it wouldn't we all yes but it's actually a fun album i had a good time good. with it awesome um i actually have nothing bad to say about <laughs> it it's a really solid album uh, like i said it does at times it does feel like it can leave lean into kind of like the safe mom pop sure but there's nothing necessarily mom-pop. wrong about that we want to be clear yes. right? that's not a negative no, yeah. but it does also take the big swings with Kelly Clarkson's voice, unlike sure. her previous album, right? Yeah. Where it's like, hey, I, she's basically coming out here singing. I can still sing. I can go yeah. and tour on this. Well, this is definitely a tourable album. Well, I wonder how much of that is the fact that she's had a lot of success with doing her karaoke segment on her daytime show. Oh yeah, have you guys watched a lot of those? No. Christy and I are obsessed with them because she does some really interesting choices. It's not obvious stuff. She like digs into, and it's all artists that like she you you can tell she genuinely loves. Mm-hmm. She'll do like a Sublime song one week. She'll do she just did um, uh, the only exception by Paramore. Oh, like she digs into like some stuff you wouldn't think that Kelly Clarkson would do on a daytime show, and it's amazing every single time because she always puts a Kelly spin on it. Mm-hmm. Watch them on YouTube. There's just a playlist on her channel. And it's just amazing the kind of stuff that she does. And she kills it every single time. Hmm. Yeah, no, the karaoke stuff is wonderful. I'm glad she does it. But I think that's reminded a lot of people, oh, shit, she's really talented. And she hasn't lost it since, like, since American Idol. Like, she's the same singer she's always been. And this chemistry album is a great example of that. That's awesome to hear. I'm glad. Because, yeah, she is having a little bit of a career renaissance. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy for her. Yeah, she's it's great. a good album. Yeah. She's great. Since You've Been Gone is one of the best pop songs in, in ever, and uh, I, people forget that sometimes. And yes, I know Dr. Luke gets paid every time, but still. <laughs> Besides that, still great. Hey, at least you said it at that time. Yeah, yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Kelly Carson also on the record for not enjoying working with uh, Dr. Luke. She did not explicitly say that he did anything with her. I want to make sure that legally oh, we're, we're in, the, in the clear there. But... She did say that she did not, quote, did not like working with him, unquote, and will and refuses to work with him since then. So, take that as you will. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, but that's not the only album I listen to. Yeah, you listen to something else. Yes. Uh, loose Cannon. Okay. By Jake Owen. Is Jake Owen a Loose Cannon? No, he's the exact opposite. <laughs> So is this an ironic title? It's an very ironic title. All right. Considering that his previous album was titled Greetings From. <laughs> Greetings from Jake Owen. Yes. But now it's also a like cannon. a postcard. That's hilarious. 
yeah, uh, Jake Owen is, I want to say the youngest in a long line of laid back country music, vacation music. Okay, so he's like, he's like Kenny Beachside, open up a, a Coors Light country. Yes, he like Kenny Chesney, um, Corona country. Corona country. You just call it Corona country. It's Corona That's a good country. term. Yeah. All right, I'm giving that. I'm giving that to you in a gift. You can give that to your country <laughs> music friends and see what they think. Uh, but yeah, Jake Owen back again with yet another easy breezy, lightened, fruity. Uh, oh, okay, all right. I, what kind of fruit? Melon. Uh, more like orange. a like a pina colada. Mm-hmm. Like strawberry. Ooh, that sounds good. Yes. And so mm. is this album. Mm. It's good. It's easy. Summer vibes. It's definitely a summer vibe album. It's a. I mean, it's also kind of like a vacation album. Mm. Then again, most Jake Owen songs are vacation <laughs> albums. <laughs> Um, nothing really stood out to me in terms of like, oh, instant single, instant, I'm going to quote this thing, like there was in the previous album, Greetings From, Mm -hmm. but the whole album itself is very easy, laid back, like songs about being on a boat, because yes. Sure, why not? Sure, why not? Um, songs about just like going on vacation, going to Mexico, just walking around in the sand. As you do. As you do. It's, it's. A lot of those kind of easy breezy songs. Cool. Sounds like a good time. It is a good time. It's a fun. It's it's super easy listening. It's only like thirty minutes the whole thing. Um, oh yeah, Kelly Clarkson's like forty four minutes, but that's because she goes on the power ballads and sure, runs. yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Jake Owen. Uh, uh, this is his fifth album, I want to say. So by this point, you know where he's, where you're getting with him, okay. and he also knows where he is <laughs> in terms of country music as well. Sounds like a nice, a nice time by the yeah. poolside. If you know Jake Owen and you like Jake Owen, it's gonna be right up your alley. Your alley. Cool. Sounds great. Anything else you listened to? I mean, more Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did remember. I did listen to his, uh, stuff this week, just not new stuff. After the Kesha stuff came out on Thursday, I went and l- listened to her first two records again. Yeah. Um, Warrior holds up. Yeah. Uh, animal slash cannibal design. <laughs> That's what I will say. I don't think Kesha would write Grow a Pair anymore, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but yeah, Warrior, quality pop album. Honestly, I'm looking back in the last, like, in the 2010s, I'm like, actually, I feel like people slept on that one. Um, uh, yeah, Die Young, classic. Anyway, um, and also I, I, I went and listened to Breakaway, because uh, I was thinking about Kelly, and Breakaway is still a great record. Again, since you've gone, perfect song. Yep. All right, let's continue on yep, to the next section. Let's move right along into video games. Ooh, and what a week to talk about video games. Ooh, yes. Uh, well, before we get to talk about, about video games, we yes. need to start with new releases. Oh, these aren't video games? Huh? <laughs> You're acting like they're different things. Well, these before are not we get to the games. news of video games. This is the most video games part, is actually the upcoming video games. All right. Well, upcoming video games. We start with Sludge Life 2 for yeah. the PC. I didn't even know they were making a sequel to Sludge Life. Uh, I enjoyed uh, Sludge Life last time. Um, or... Two years ago? Is that two years ago? I feel like that was two years ago. So yeah, so let's take two on the PC. Uh, there's also Story of Seasons, colon, A Wonderful Life. Yes. For the PS5, Xbox Series X, Switch, and PC. Despite the misleading name, this is a remake of Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life, which I believe was a PlayStation 1 game? Harvest Moon? Harvest Moon still is a franchise that exists, but because the original developers can't make it anymore, they call their <laughs> remakes of their games Story of Seasons. So it's very confusing. Harvest Moon is Story of Seasons. 
There is a game called Harvest Moon. Don't play it. Play Story of Seasons. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Uh, there's also AEW colon yes. Fight Forever. Finally <laughs> out. Yes. Finally out. Uh, that is for everything. Yep. That is, uh, yeah, so AEW fans will finally have a wrestling game for, to play. There's also Noob colon The Factionless. And that's out for everything. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. Uh, we also have something called Crime O'Clock for name. the Switch and PC. Good name for that game. Everybody, one two switch for the Switch. Yeah, there's a sequel to One Two Switch, a launch game for the Switch. Yeah. Uh, there's also Front Mission First remake for everything but the Switch. It doesn't mean it's the first remake of Front Mission, even though that is true. It means it's a remake of Front Mission First. <laughs> Just the name of that game. And Lastly, uh, for new releases, Ghost Trick, colon, Phantom Detective for the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Which is a remaster of a DS game. Uh, Ghost Trick. So. All right. But our first story. But our first story takes us into the land of continued E3 coverage, or summer games coverage. Yeah, probably the last big thing, probably, from this summer game fest window yeah and that is nintendo yes nintendo finally had a nintendo direct this week yes in which they made the announcement saying hey tomorrow <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean this was rumored uh that they were going out sometime in june it hit about the same day, time like people thought it would and a lot of stuff were announced it was pretty pretty cool i think they did a really good job so let's go backwards uh, because I think we're going to start from the, the last thing. Well, actually, it doesn't look like this is in any, in any particular order. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll go backwards then from All what right. they have here. Uh, and we'll start with Hot Wheels Unleashed 2 yeah. coming to the Switch we in knew, October. This was at Summer Game Fest, so people knew that this existed, mm -hmm. but just confirmed it's coming to Switch. People like that first Hot Wheels Unleashed game, so um, more arcade racing is not a bad thing. Uh, speaking of uh, playing with other people... Uh, mechanic, Manic Mechanics yeah. for a four-player co-op game yeah, about repairing vehicles. Kind of co-op stuff. Yep. Uh, Gloomhaven. Yeah, we can kind of go through these yep. little indie ones. They did basically a, um, a montage of indie games. Yep, lots of indie games. Um, Fay Farm seems to be getting good uh, good uh, vibes from Summer Game Fest for people who talk or saw it. Yep, Penny's Big Breakaway was yes. announced. That was interesting. That's the team that made Sonic Mania. That's uh, Christian Whitehead's mm -hmm. development studio. That uh, This is their first game. Yep, take place in the world of Macaroon. Macaroon is a great name <laughs> for a fake world, just saying. Also, this guy has a yo-yo, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's also a Dance the Night Away. No, it's uh, just, just Dance, dance 2024. 2024. Coming to the Switch. Yep. Of course it is. You can dance that away. You can't have a... Every year, new Switch. switch. Uh, Splatoon 3... He's getting a Splatoon Fest all about ice cream. Splatfest about ice cream. Vanilla, strawberry, or mint chip, which is the best. Mint chip, obviously. I mean, yes. Mint chip is the winner here. Everybody else is wrong. <laughs> um, there's also a new DLC for Mario and Rabbit, Sparks of Hope. Yep, I believe it is the second proper uh, DLC release for that. Um, yeah, this will probably be it, though. It seems like they're moving on from the project. Though, yep, uh, that is called The Last Spark Hunter. Yep. Set on a musical planet. Ooh, musical planet. Yep. Um, let's see here. We have Myth Force, which is a Saturday morning cartoon. Roguelike. <laughs> Sounds all right. Uh, yeah. 
So I think another what we're seeing as the post Hades games. I think Road another one of those. Coming. Yep. Uh, Persona Five. Yeah, yeah, they showed more of Tactica, which yep. we had confirmed last week. Same thing with Star Ocean. Yeah. There's a remake trailer for it. Uh, the Batman Arkham trilogy. Yes. Which came out ten years ago. Yeah, they're all coming to Switch. If you missed them somehow and you want to play the Switch version of this for some reason, you can. Yep. Uh, with all DLC intact. Yes. I'm trying to see if that is going to be a cloud-based game or not. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. It doesn't sound like it. Considering that those were 360 games, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, Sonic Superstars gets an official Switch trailer as well. Yep. Um, and Dragon Quest Monsters, colon, The Dark Prince was yep. announced. Uh, so, people like those Dragon Quest Monsters games. It's like kind of their Pokemon-like. Yeah. Well, even though, like, they do have Pokemon. <laughs> well, yeah, but still. Uh, uh, Vampire Survivors, which I believe is everywhere now except for the Switch. And now coming to Switch. Yep. And with co-op, with a co-op mode. Hey. I'm wondering if this co-op mode is coming to other platforms as well, because I would love it if they put that on the Xbox version. Right. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, we also got a announcement yes. that of a remaster. Luigi's Mansion, colon, Dark Moon. Yes, this is the second Luigi's Mansion game. Uh, this was a 3DS game. They're doing a full remaster for Switch, uh, cranking up the graphics a little bit. So, yeah, this will be a good chance for people who didn't own the 3DS to go play it. Yep. Uh, but they also did announce that, they would, that they're in the process of making a new Princess Peach game that will be arriving next year. Yeah, this did not have a title nor a release date. It just had a little bit of footage. Seems like it implies that it might have Peach in kind of a magical girl, kind of transformation kind of role, mm -hmm. which could be cool. I would love to see that, and there's so many ways you could make that game. So, I, I yeah, I want to know more about what that thing is. I wonder if they're making this game now before Super Mario Bros. 2 movie comes out so they can use it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> and give Peach more to do. <laughs> yeah, Peach more to do. All right. Uh, we also had the uh, release of the Wave 5. Yes. For Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Courses. Yes. Uh, new. So just like the other boosters, this will have new courses to race on, but also new characters. You can now play as Petey Piranha, Kamek, and... The Wiggler. Wiggler. So every day can be Wiggler Wednesday. <laughs> uh, uh, any other poke? Or, um, do you want to keep the Mario going? Well, we'll just keep going because you're skipping some important stuff. So they, they talked more stuff. about the Scarlet and Violet expansions. Yes, uh, we already knew about stuff. that. We already knew that, but we just saw more of it. Yeah. Um, HD versions of Pikmin 1 and 2 uh, dropped on Switch, which was surprised a lot of people. They hadn't been out since the Wii version. Uh, those are originally GameCube games. They put out a Wii new play control release on the Wii. And then they haven't released them since. So this is a big deal for people who wanted to play uh, Pikmin 1 and 2, uh, not on a GameCube for a week. Right, it's currently available in the eShop. It dropped right. the same day. Yeah. Uh, physical version in September. I'm not big on the Pikmin games, but I know they people do have nostalgia for them. But then that's also because Pikmin 4 yes. got a better gameplay trailer. Yeah, we saw a lot more of Pikmin 4. That comes out literally in like... June like, 28th. Yeah, a, a uh, month. A week. No, a month for the release date. The demo oh, will the be demo. out on the 28th. Okay. So if you want to play a demo of it. So if we want to play a demo of it, 
Yeah, you can you can on the twenty eighth. Okay. Otherwise, probably, yeah, again, probably not for me. I don't really love Pikmin, but they're doing some interesting things with this one. You can play at night for the first time. In the previous games, you had to get back on your spaceship before nightfall, or else you'd lose. Not the case here. In fact, there's now glowing Pikmin that show up at night that you can use for special powers. So, neat stuff. Ah. Uh, uh, that the thing was directly aimed towards me as much as this game really Yes, WarioWare, colon, move it! Yes, a new, proper WarioWare game is coming to Switch. No more of this, like, spin-off shit. Straight up WarioWare. It's called Move It, and it will involve using the Joy-Cons in interesting and innovative ways. And I could not be more excited for this. Didn't we already see this with the Wii, where you shake it? So, it's a, so yeah, 1, 2, Switch had a little bit of stuff like that. Speaking no, of no, that. the uh, the WarioWare for the Wii. Oh, you mean uh, Shake shake It, I believe, is it that? Wari- no, Smooth Moves is what that game was called. Okay. Um, I did not play a whole lot of smooth moves because I saw a lot of people saying it wasn't that great. This seems to be taking, starting where that started, but then because of the new, like, specific, like, movements you can do with the Switch Joy-Cons, mm-hmm. it seems like you can do a lot more games with it. Like, a lot more game ideas. Um, so, seems cool. Like, some ho- holding, like, paintings up and, like, stretching things and running. There's a lot of neat stuff that they showed in the trailer. I am so jazzed about this. I love WarioWare. True things about me. Uh, um, Tears of the Kingdom will get um, a new amiibo. Because Nintendo is still pulling out amiibos. Yeah, believe it or not. For both uh, Zelda and Ganondorf. Yep. Sure. Uh, that'll be coming later this year. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Collection, Volume 1, confirmed for the Switch. We had gotten this announced at the one of the presentations um, a I think couple it was weeks PlayStation. ago. PlayStation. It was either at the Sony thing or it was at the Summer Game Fest. Either way. Um, yeah, but we got more details about it actually here on uh, the Switch uh, showcase here. Um, so it was the same games that we had already known that were coming, but also you get some books, like some extra stuff, like a screenplay book with dialogue and in-game text from the games, <laughs> as well as a master like encyclopedia essentially of story and characters. So if you want to know what happened in the Metal Gear games, you can just look it up. It's a neat idea. Yeah. Uh, we also... And then some of the big and the three well, skip over detective the three the three biggest announcements. I'm yes. trying to count here. The three <laughs> biggest announcements of of the showcase: Detective Pikachu two. Yes, or Detective Pikachu Returns, which yes. is the name of it. This is a Switch sequel to the 3DS Detective Pikachu game. You would think that they would have put this thing out before the movie came, around the time the movie was out, <laughs> and yet here we are. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is yet another kind of detective uh, crime-solving game, um, just like the original Detective Pikachu, which I think a lot of people missed because it was just a 3DS game. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, this is an exciting uh, opportunity to uh, play, uh, to, to see what the Detective Pikachu universe is besides just the movie. And then Super Mario... RPG. Yes, so... Remake. There was a rumor circulating before the Direct was announced that when there would be a Direct, there would be a remake of a Super NES franchise that we haven't seen in a while. Turns out, that was Super Mario RPG. So, Super Mario RPG is an interesting game, in case you don't have context for it. It was a co-development deal with Square, then just Squaresoft, and Nintendo. So it was a Square RPG with Nintendo characters. Big deal back in 1996 when this was originally released. 
and it's kind of become a cult favorite. It was the seed of inspiration for what would become the Paper Mario games. Um, and it's where that stuff starts. So it has kind of the same kind of active battle system where you're using button presses to like make your attacks more powerful kind of thing. Um, so this appears to be a pretty faithful one-to-one -one remaster with updated graphics for the Switch. Um, I am shocked that they're making this thing. Uh, I thought that game was gone forever. Um, but it's very, very cool, and I think that it'll introduce a whole new generation to what a lot of people think is a, one of the best Super NES RPGs. As a Square person now that did not have access to a Super Nintendo <laughs> in 1996, I presume, Yes. are correct. you excited to potentially check this out? I might check this out. Um, and yeah, I might be busy with Spider-Man in November. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely piqued my interest. Yeah. I know that Whenever like listicles come out, people always rate Super Mario RPG really high. Yeah. Even when this was announced, it was the number one thing trending on Twitter. Like, oh my god, I can't believe this thing got announced. Mm -hmm. Except day one, where can I pre-order? Blah blah blah. Yeah, it's a big deal for a lot of people. I think um, it'll be interesting to see what the reaction to this, as mm -hmm. well as how much they change and how much they don't, because it seems fairly faithful everything they've shown so far. But that wasn't the most exciting Mario announcement. Oh. Okay. Because it is 2023 and we have a new Super Mario Brothers game. Big finale. But okay. a not a new Super Mario Brothers game. But yes. a new Super Mario Brothers game. Yes. <laughs> Big finale for this direct was Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Wonder. It's a brand new 2D yes. Mario. So at first glance, it would be very easy to say, oh, they're doing a new Super Mario Brothers game. Mm -hmm. Like the last one, new Super Mario Brothers U. This is not that. It seems like it is a completely new art style, a completely reworked graphics engine, and completely brand new game mechanics, including power-ups that transform Mario into an elephant. Uh, yes, wonder flowers. Yeah, wonder flowers that talk to you while you're playing. Um, it seems like power-ups that transform, like turn your level into an alternate dimension version of the same level. Mm -hmm. And... It's co-op, just like those new Super Mario console games were. And also, also, Playable Daisy. Playable Daisy. Well, you don't have to play <laughs> as Mario. You can play yeah. as anyone. It seems wild. And honestly, the um, animation was the most shocking thing. Like, just the attention to detail and the look of this game is incredible. The look of Mario and all the characters is great and so much better than the design of those new Super Mario Brothers games that we had to deal with for a decade plus. Like, the fact that they can actually make a 3D but 2D Mario game look as good as this is just amazing. And I think this will be the perfect swan song for the Switch. So I think this is goes hand-in-hand hand with what we've been saying this past couple of months of this being a great year for video games. Yes. Because not only do you get yeah. on the Switch, just Switch only, right? Um, but... Or Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. Pikmin 4. Pikmin 4. And Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Yeah. And, in yeah, the that's, same year. Because that's the craziest thing about this. This comes out in October. Yeah. This is all the same <laughs> year. This is an October release. I saw this first and I was like, oh, surely this is next year. And then when it said October at the end, I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's incredible. So yeah, this thing looks amazing. Just pure joy. I'm very excited to try this out. Uh, because, yeah, this will probably be the Switch game that I buy uh, for the re for the end of the year here, and um, I'm excited for it. Well, that and WarioWare, I think. <laughs> but, yeah, so that was the Nintendo Direct. I thought it would deliver on all 
like on all cylinders here. I mean, of course, if you show us a new Super Mario Brothers game, of course it's going to deliver. Yes. Um, they knew what worked, and WarriorWare obviously is close to my heart as well. Um, so yeah, it succeeded for me. How did you feel overall about the direct? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not big on Nintendo to begin with, but <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised with what they showed and <laughs> just how much they showed. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a lot of good games coming yes. out, and it proves that there's still life. In, in the, the Switch, yeah. at least for the rest of this year. Yes, uh, because whenever a Nintendo Direct comes out, you give people the rumor mill churning of a Switch 2, yeah. and this just showed that, hey, we're not done with the Switch yet. So we'll see uh, if that happens uh, anytime soon, if we hear anything about new new car hardware, but not quite yet. Nintendo says, hold your horses with this showcase, and uh, yeah, we will wait yeah, a little longer. They're just now running this thing on full cylinders. So Yeah, so, yeah good stuff. Not so good stuff is being in court. I don't know if you've ever been in court. It's not fun. And currently, I have been in a courthouse. Same. I had to go uh, uh, walk up and uh, say, "Hey, uh, we'll take off that fix-it ticket." And yes. Said, okay. Cool. I'll take off that fix-it ticket. And then I left. The court. Yes. That's, that's <laughs> as close to a court as I think either of us have gone to. Yeah, that was fun. Not anyway. Of course, not fun. And, <laughs> No one knows that more right now than Microsoft. The FTC, of course, uh, took Microsoft to court over the impending uh, purchase of Activision Blizzard. They are currently in court, and we have uh, stuff that's been leaking out over the last couple of days of stuff that's been discovered amongst these conversations that they're having. Yes. And it's been interesting because there's a lot of stuff we didn't know about or didn't have confirmed that we're getting confirmed in court because they have to say this stuff to make their case yep. so i've concluded a uh grab bag of interesting quotes from the first two days this will continue on tuesday by the way so we'll have even more stuff trickling out of the out of this as well so we'll start with activision uh activision blizzard yeah. almost pulled call of duty from xbox Unless Microsoft gave them higher revenue share. This is fascinating when you consider how tight Call of Duty the, as a brand was with the Xbox in the mm -hmm. 360 and Xbox One eras. Um, you remember that Matt Pax came to Xbox first for a while. Yep. All that stuff was apparently because Activision was like, I don't know, we're doing pretty well here on PlayStation. Why would we deal with you guys? And so this is pro part of Act uh, Microsoft's argument that like, they play, like they played hardball with us because the, you are not the the leader, the console leader, and we never were. Well, 360 they kind of were, but but yeah, mm -hmm. this is because basically a, what kind of the undercurrent uh, through a, a lot of this is that Microsoft wants the FTC to think that they're the underdog, that they're the third place console here, mm -hmm. and that buying Activision is just to keep them afloat and will not give them an unfair advantage. So this was just part of that argument. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you 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 could make the argument that you're third console in a three console race, but you're still Microsoft. But you're still Microsoft. Yes, I know. That's what a lot of people have kind of poked holes into that theory. Is that like, yeah, you guys can afford it though. But anyway, so that's Microsoft's position on all this. Um, also, news that came out that an Indiana Jones game yes. was originally planned to be multi-platform. Before the acquisition. So, yes, the Indiana Jones game is from Machine Games, the um, uh, Wolfenstein developer. Yes. And they're owned by Bethesda. So this refers to the Bethesda purchase. 
So um, before this, apparently, ball was already rolling, or should I say Boulder? Boulder. Uh, was already rolling before the purchase, and then after the purchase, Microsoft made the executive decision to make this an Xbox exclusive. So I mentioned this and a couple of other similar uh, things in this list because this is the FTC's point of view. Mm -hmm. The FTC is trying to make the point that about the exclusivity argument because Microsoft has shown a track record of making their purchase studios make games exclusively for the Xbox platform. And that's why they're trying to say is like, what? How, why do would we believe that you are go not going to do that with Call of Duty? If Duke? you already did this here mm -hmm. with this game, yes. Microsoft, of course, History is saying like then this comes up later. It's like Microsoft is saying that won't happen with Call of Duty, but FTC is making the strong argument that like why would we believe you given the evidence? Yes, Phil Spencer has reiterated mm -hmm. that Call of Duty will remain on PlayStation. <laughs> yes, but. He forgot the parentheses there. So long as it is profitable. Well, that's the thing is that he has pretty much dropped that part of it and just saying straight up, they will remain on PlayStation. It's like, well, I don't know if the FTC believes you. <laughs> I don't know if PlayStation fans believe you. Also true. Uh, so there was also quote decision has not yet been made <laughs> unquote about all Outer Worlds two releasing on Apple platforms yes the obsidian rpg outer worlds was a multi-platform release and that was one platform release because it was right before, right before the, before the yeah. yes so the sequel this is this is microsoft basically saying like well what we do is it's on a case-by-case -case basis and so why they might choose to release one game on all platforms they might choose to not do that on another one they often bring up minecraft as an example and say like well we release minecraft on everything but PS5. <laughs> because I guess their argument about that is that the PS5 SDKs were not available to them in time. But... Well, you know, it's only been yeah. a couple years. But I know, right? Where is it now then? Uh, but yeah, so like, this is just them saying like, yeah, well, we consider the options every single time. And that we would do the same thing with Activision properties. I don't believe you. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, they also, Xbox Cloud tests, or sorry, Xbox Cloud least is the least used, used is the least used uh, Game Pass Ultimate feature, usually used to demo games and not used on phones. So, so this, this goes back to the cloud gaming yes uh, argument that Microsoft wants to use. Right. So after that, one of the things that FTC has has harped on about this deal is that they're worried that it will cannibalize the cloud gaming market because of how powerful Microsoft and Xbox is as a brand, and take away other opportunities to play a cloud version of Call of Duty, for example. Make it exclusive on a cloud basis on Xbox platforms. Microsoft, in the meantime, has said, like, yeah, well, we have all these other deals. They've been out making deals with, like, GeForce Now to, like, make sure that all of their stuff is on every cloud gaming right. service. But also to make them seem smaller than they are than they actually but are. But we're also third in the cloud-based Yes, they system. mentioned that, which is that apparently the cloud service, which they had huge, you know, plans for, that their whole concept was, oh, you can play on your phone, you can play Xbox games on your phone, is apparently not only the least used thing in the ultimate thing, like, for example, I've used it once, mm -hmm. um, but also people aren't using it in the way that they thought they would. People are exclusively using it to demo a game before they download it on Game Pass. Which is like, yeah, because that's the way I've used it. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. But you know why they're saying this. This is ammunition to make it seem like that they're not actually a big player in the cloud space, even though they have aspirations to be. So, yeah, this is a, just another, like, 
attempt and making the Xbox brand seem weaker than it actually is. And I don't know if the FTC will buy it. Yep. Um, also, what they're probably not buying is that <laughs> <laughs> Starfield. Yes. The upcoming Starfield game. Huge game for Microsoft. I mean, mm-hmm. their center choke, their centerpiece, their closing argument uh, for Summer Games. Uh, well, turns out that was originally planned as a PS5 exclusive. Yes. Before the acquisition. So this is almost like the opposite of the other, other points they were trying to make, which is that before the purchase, Bethesda apparently was in talks with Sony to make this a PS5 game. Mm-hmm. And it does make sense when you think about how different things were when they were an independent, or a, a large company, but an independent studio. Right. Like they, they were looking prob- at both hardware. They were probably looking at both options and being like, well, we like, they probably saw what Sony was talking about, big game that Mark Cerny was out there talking about PS5 mm-hmm. and being like, well, Starfield is going to be a big project. We want to be on the biggest, most powerful thing. At the time, Microsoft was probably not in their first in their minds. So, of course, they go. Studios like this are constantly making, talking with different studios or different platform holders and seeing what kind of deals they could make. It probably made sense for them, for Sony to give them a bunch of money to make Starfield as big and expansive as they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So this doesn't surprise me at all, but it is interesting to have Microsoft admit that here, admit that in court, and be like, well wasn't even going to be ours in the first place because it gives them more ammunition to be like, we are not the first place console. Like, they went to Sony first because of Sony being Sony, Mm -hmm. which makes sense. But now to say, like, oh, well, but but in the FTC's case, it it says a lot that Microsoft decided to lock it down as soon as they could uh, and make it an Xbox exclusive. So really, an interesting argument on both sides for that (laughs) one. I mean, doesn't that play against Microsoft, though? It does both, I think. It's like, not only does Microsoft get to say, like, oh, we are not the, we're, we weren't the first choice. Yes. They also look bad because they're like, well, yeah, but now no one else can have it. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, taking the exclusive and going home. Yeah, pretty much. Um, speaking of exclusives, yeah. Elder Scrolls Six will, will not probably be an exclusive. Don't, unknown if it will be an exclusive. But we won't know, probably, because it's going to be a long time till we see it. Yes. Um, so, congratulations. You can still ex- explore Skyrim as much as you want. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be saying, play in Starfield for the next five years anyways. It'll be fine. But yes, so the, the quote was that Elder Scrolls Six, according to Bethesda, is still like five plus years away. So don't get your hopes up for seeing that anytime soon. So five plus years away still puts it within this decade, though. Yeah, I guess. But probably on the next platforms, whatever they are. Or maybe that's what they're keeping it for. Yeah. We're just going to keep Elder Scrolls over here. Right. And then when we release our next console, then, then yeah, it becomes maybe. the launch exclusive that we want it to be. Our new Halo. We'll see. And lastly, yeah. um, Activision Blizzard was not the only thing Microsoft was looking at purchasing. No, before that... Uh, yeah, for that, they attempted to buy Zynga. So, remember we recorded a story a couple years ago about Take-Two buying Zynga. Yes. This was a big, surprising move. And one of the reasons why it was so surprising is because apparently, behind closed doors, they were in talks with Microsoft to be purchased. So Microsoft apparently spent a lot of time and a lot of meetings trying to buy Zynga. Ultimately, it just didn't work out, and they went with Take-Two's money instead. This is Microsoft trying to say, Call of Duty is an afterthought. We want King. Yep. Their whole argument about this whole thing has been they want a mobile arm. And buying Zynga was the first attempt at this. And so this is them trying to say in court, we don't even think that, like, this was not even our priority. We wanted Zynga. We didn't get Zynga, and we did this instead. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so whether or not the FTC actually buys that that is what they're looking for here, it's still up in the air. I mean, it is what we yeah. brought up when this deal was first announced, that it's Activision Blizzard King. Right. You know, we just Say sort of Activision Blizzard. Blizzard. Yeah. It's an interesting... So basically, yeah, this is what this is what we've seen in the first couple of days. It seems like the FTC has still a pretty strong case against this purchase, but we'll see how the rest of it shakes out. Uh, but they are running out of time to finalize the sale. I don't think it happens. That's my official word right now, is I, I do not think it happens. You all think this deal goes through? No, I don't. I don't anymore. I think that the argument is too... I think that the gray area between what, what they do and do not make an exclusive is going to shoot them in the foot. They have to be consistent, and they haven't been consistent. And the fact that they say it's going to be on a case-by-case basis, there's no reason for anyone to believe that they will not turn around and change their mind. So, does this mean that, because it just came out, Starfield no, will no longer be exclusive? No, I think Starfield, or anything that's already contractually obligated to be exclusive, will remain exclusive. Okay. Starfield is coming out in, like, four, five weeks, at this point, it'll be an exclusive... No, longer than that. Uh, two months. Uh, it will yeah. definitely be an exclusive to the Xbox platform. Just saying, like, Beyond that, though, it's anyone's guess, depending on what happens with this stuff. So the, that, does that mean that Starfield becomes a one-year exclusive? And then no, I be don't think so. Because, again, that is a Bethesda game. They own Bethesda. They, they, there's no reason for this to... Oh, I think it's Animax. That's what I'm yeah, thinking of. Yes. That is a different situation. Only the Activision stuff would be affected by this. Yes. And they will. Re- all that happens if this doesn't go through is they remain an independent studio. Yep. They remain just making their own decisions. Bobby Kodak remains CEO, et cetera, et cetera. Unless they decide to just sell off the King brand from them that's to Microsoft. That's what I've been wondering about. It seems like that, that's if, what they really want. King, that why don't they just happen, purchase they King? Have, that would have happened already, right? Right. Microsoft wants all or nothing, clearly. It's not, if it was really just King... Activision would have made a deal, but Activision didn't make a deal, which means either one or the other. It means that Microsoft actually wants the whole package, or Activision does not want to sell off King. They want to stay an entity mm-hmm. and will only sell if they sell everything. Because mobile microtransactions are billions yes. per month. It's where they make their money. Billions per month. Yes. Billions. 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 Zero billions. Anyways. So that's what we know so far. Like I said, more stuff will come out of this this week. So next week, we'll probably have more to say. Yep. Uh, like I said, wraps up on Tuesday. Yes. Uh, or sorry, final arguments are on Tuesday. Well, no, they start Tuesday. I believe final arguments, I think, are next Thursday or something. Is it Thursday? I think it's for a couple okay. more days. Uh, there's a few more days. Look at the calendar thing. here. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we can double check. But, yeah. Anyways, we'll have more to talk about it next time. In the meantime, you've played some video games. Uh, yes, I played two video games. Yes, you did. Yes. Uh, one was free. One was $70. Yes. Well, let's talk about uh, Rogue Legacy 2 first. You said this was included. Yes, this was $70. No. Okay. <laughs> this was the one that was included in your PlayStation Plus subscription. Yes, PlayStation Plus Extra gets you Rogue Legacy 2. Okay. As part of it, it was the new game that was released week so sequel to rogue legacy this is a roguelike as the name implies yep. and it is a final release of a game that's been early access for the last year yes so did you play rogue legacy one uh i played a little bit of rogue legacy one okay. i don't think i really got too far because i realized that oh wait this is a roguelike i'm yeah. not really i don't like the idea of it resetting every um, single time but then hades came out we all loved hades and we and all loved hades we all changed our mind about <laughs> roguelikes so how do you feel about rogue legacy do um I kind of like it. It's really cartoony. 
Uh, I really hate that you, anytime you run into an enemy, you automatically take a hit. <laughs> I think it's dumb. Uh, but hey, that's just means I have to get better at it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a rogue, random dungeon crawler. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've added a lot more classes to this, though. Uh, it definitely feels like a lot of the different perks and traits are very randomized, as the name implies. Yes. Uh, because you are the heir. Mm-hmm. to whoever dies and then you just continue on with their legacy hence the name rogue legacy makes sense <laughs> uh yeah um very similar to the first game run around get your coins try and complete um try and defeat the bosses in a go uh but once you die you reset and then you spend all that gold that you died with to build up and increase your own stats, increase your own castle, so eventually you'll be able to conquer yep. uh, the dungeon. Cool. It's exactly like uh, Rogue Legacy. It's a very roguelike game, but I think because it is a very cartoony and ooh, the powers are very weird. <laughs> I'll put that out there. Yes. It's very much like an Animaniacs um, Looney Tunes-esque <laughs> uh, dungeon crawler. And from what I understand about some of the stuff, it can be some negative stuff. It's, it's not all positive, the special powers you get. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it can be stuff that makes your run really annoying. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the things uh, that... that is, so you have to use the, the power in a run in order for it to unlock like what it says. And one of them was nostalgia. I was like, hey, <laughs> I like nostalgia. Let me, let me, let me run with that. What did it do? Uh, put everything in black and white and old timey and <laughs> mono <laughs> and uh, mono mix in the oh, music. No. I was like, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of neat, though, that there's stuff that doesn't necessarily change gameplay; it just could change the look of your game. Yeah, <laughs> it's neat. Uh, there's also another power called uh, extreme flatulence, where <laughs> you just randomly fart <laughs> to do damage to enemies. Yeah, it creates like a, like a smoke cloud. But it's like on like uh, like every like three second basis. Uh huh. So it's just random clouds will just appear behind you. That's great. That's wonderful. <laughs> but you also take damage from it too, so you have to constantly be moving. Gotta be careful because your farts are deadly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they added a lot more like mechanics and gameplay into this. Um, it's a lot. It's a, it's actually a lot of fun. Cool. When I'm not playing uh, my other game, yeah. Final Fantasy. 16. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll like once I'm done, like finally get a chapter to end. I'll jump over to Rogue Legacy and play like two two runs through for like good uh, like 15 20 minutes. Yeah, think the runs are fast, bite sized. They're bite sized. They're fast. So That's if fun. you die, which you will, yeah. Sorry, not if. When you die, <laughs> you just start really quick to another one. Yeah, real, real quick. Okay, like I died. All right, cool. quick. Let's get a new one. Let me see who I like. Do I like any of these? Like um, these new guys. Yes, no, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, let me just end here. But the opposite of a short bite-sized experience is a big-ass, long RPG. Final Tell Fantasy me 16. about Final Fantasy 16. So you played the demo, you had a lot of good things to talk about the demo last week, but yes. now you have your hands on the full game. How are you liking it so far? I want the demo back. Oh, no! <laughs> only because I want my powers back that I had in that demo. Uh, okay. That's the only reason. I was worried for a second that they sold you a bill of goods that you are disappointed with. Oh, no. I am heavily enjoying what I'm doing here. Okay. Um, But, uh, so, as mentioned, the demo was split up into two different sections. The first opening two hours, and then at some point later in the game. (laughs) Yes. 
I want to get to that some point later in the game, figure out what happens next. But you're hours away from that. Technically, um, <laughs> yes. I think if I played last night, um, I would have been able to, but Angel Game and other stuff happened. Right. Uh, so I probably could have gotten back to that point. Uh, I just didn't. I'm sure I will, too. I will by this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, only, it definitely feels like I'm only about like an hour or two away. Okay. So, yeah, um, that second half of the demo was about like six hours into the game. And that's how about how, how, you, what you're creeping up to. Yeah. I, I'm just noticing that big bishop on the power level that I am now. So I'm close. Uh, having okay. a lot of fun with the combat. Having a lot of fun walking around. Um, right. Talking with Sid. How's my man Clive? How are you liking the story so far? Um, aside from him looking like Noctis a whole lot. <laughs> uh, it's, it's fun. Um, it definitely plays on that whole um, Jon Snow Game, Game of, of Thrones, Thrones vibe, vibe yeah. where you have to rebuild the kingdom, okay. but you are like a considered a cast out. You're marked. You're branded. The people automatically don't trust you. Yeah. So you gotta do favors for them. You gotta walk around. You gotta deliver stuff. You got to yeah. get people to like you. I have a question about, this has been a little bit of a discourse this week about the game's story. Um, what's up with the portrayal of women in this game? Because, one, there are not really many female characters in the lead cast. Mm-hmm. It is pretty much a bro-fest, not too dissimilar to the bro-fest that was 15 as well. Yes. Um, and it seems like when there is a female character in the story, and I hope I'm not spoiling, spoiling anything for you later, it seems like the story seems to be really focused on their trauma. Has that been the case so far? Mm, I mean, yes. Because <laughs> so far, the women yes. that are focused on yeah. in this game, at least the ones that are mainly in, in the focus here, are... Um, how do I put this lightly? Mm-hmm. Um, they are in the position they are in because yes. of circumstances not of their own. They, that's my understanding as well. I read some synopsis about uh, what happens to some of the women in this game. And yeah, I get it. When you're using stuff like Game of Thrones as an inspiration, Game of Thrones also happens to be a, uh, a story in which a lot of the women have basically are recovering slash not recovering well from trauma or mm-hmm. uh, tragedy in their lives. And it just seems unfortunate that, that that we're also borrowing those tropes to use in Final Fantasy. Right, that that's where they're going with yeah. it. As as uh, someone who also enjoys the Final Fantasy VII universe, do you feel like it's almost like some steps back from 1997? <laughs> where it's like, we had strong female characters that did not have to rely on their tragic backstories, and also a diverse and multiracial cast, and we lost all of this in in sixteen. Uh, I mean, I don't have a female companion yet yeah. running around with me, uh, but I do have a dog. A dog. A bird. Torgal. Little Torgal. Torgal. Uh, he's, he's the best boy. I thought Torgal was that frog guy from Jedi is, uh, Jedi Survivor. Torgal? Yeah, is that not the same name? I don't think what so. What was that guy's name? The frog guy from Jedi Survivor. Oh, um... Tor... Tor something, right? I think so. Torgal? Turtle, it's not turtle. Turtle, turtle, turtle. I don't remember what his name is. Anyways, I swear that like it's the same, same, almost the same name. (laughs) Like King of the South. Turtle. (laughs) I don't think it's a turtle. Is it Turtle? (laughs) Torgal. 
Turgle. Turgle. See, I was right. So you're telling me, you're telling me two games came out this year with one one has a character named Turgle and the other game has a character named Torgle? Yes. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> How did that happen? I don't know. Anyways. All right. Enough about Torgle. Slash Turgle. Slash Turgle. Radio time. Anyways. Sorry, you can continue. Your dog. Anyways, yeah, dog. Horrible. <laughs> Best dog. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I've yet to, to get a female companion on uh, into my party. Uh-huh. Uh, right now, it's just been me and Sid and my dog. Um, I haven't had a chance to expand my party. I really haven't had a whole chance to expand on my abilities yet. I'm still very early on into this game, but I like the world that we're in. Right. I like walking around. I like beating up on stuff. So there's still promise that maybe you're going somewhere interesting. Uh, I'm clear, I'm certainly on my way to get to somewhere interesting. Alright. Um, one thing I do really like is the uh, quality of life in this game. Cool. In the middle of a cutscene, you can pause the game. Oh, thank God. You can pause the cutscene. First of all, great. Yes. More games should do that. Yes. Second, when that game is paused, when you pause the middle of a cutscene, there's a way that you can see what the hell is going, what they're, what they're referencing, what oh, they're going on. Like a like a recap? Not just a recap, but an individual recap of if someone mentions a place or a person or an event, and you, you can pause the game, and it'll pop up the different bubbles, and you're like, oh, what does, what's this person? Like, I've seen this person before. Who are they to me? How, how, like, how do I remember this person? Okay. What is this event that they're talking about? <laughs> Can I get more information on this? That's good. You mentioned this place. Is this a place that I've been before? Or <laughs> is this a place I'm going to? Uh, what does this place do? What, what's this place known for? Because like, you get a lot and a lot and a lot of information yeah. from different sources, from different people. So having all of that stored in one central place, especially in the middle of a cutscene where I can yeah, pause. that's smart. And be like, like, oh yeah, we're going to this place. And then we're, uh, we're going to find this person. I'd be like, okay, hold on. <laughs> it's been like three days since I played this game. Yeah. Who are you talking about again? <laughs> <laughs> it's nice that you kind of get that refresher yeah. whenever you need it. That's Great. cool. More games should do that. Especially long, like, story-driven big games. Big RPGs, yeah, absolutely. Big RPGs. Yeah. Re- really helpful. Re- really wish more, more games did that. Cool. Um, That's awesome. I mean, it, I would want to say it's simple. But it seems like they're just having a quicker way to access your archives and your statuses. Um, just there. So you can see, like, oh, what do you mean talking about, like, the the head of the Night's Guard? And then you read it, it's like, oh, that's that guy from the beginning of the game. <laughs> now I know who you're talking about. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. Well, cool. So you'll get keep chipping away at this for the next few weeks. It sounds like probably oh, yeah. months, actually. Probably months. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm gonna try and yeah. uh, beat it because there is a new game plus mode. Of course, die. I want to get try, back into. Yeah. Gotta try out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just like with God of War. Yep. Um, I'm sorry, unlike God of War, yeah, where I had to wait six months for a new game oh, plus. Speaking of which, I heard somebody say that they, they they compared this game a little bit to God of War. Do you feel like there's a little bit of God of War inspiration here? Uh, I mean, I think in terms of scope, mm-hmm. uh, there's definitely a God of War inspiration. Okay. I think in terms of combat, which 
it makes sense mm-hmm. because the combat that the guy previous the combat is the same guy who did the Devil May Cry series. Makes sense. It literally yeah. took that guy like take him. He was let go of Devil May Cry at the. Oh, you mean stylish hard action? Yes. Spent a month walking around, uh, trying to find his next project, and then Square came and said, "Hey, <laughs> we really like your combat." Would you like to add that to a Final Fantasy game? They're big fans of stylish hard action. And they signed him. And he has described this as his magnum opus of combat. Wow, okay. <laughs> it's big. We had it's a bombastic. Well, cool. It's big bombastic, but it's very smooth. It is very smooth. I'm happy that you're enjoying it. You're having a good time with it. Yes. I want to get more into the story so I can talk more about the story. But mm-hmm. right now, um, just walking around, combating. Um, leveling up. Nice. Completing all side missions as I do. Of course. Of course. Are you going to plan them? Uh, probably. Okay. I mean, I, I will have to beat the game again because one, mm-hmm. one of the platinum trophies is beat the game on New Game Plus. Mm-hmm. But at least that's one of the things that I will want. I'm going to do that on New Game Plus because you get to replay everything with your um, stats again. Mm-hmm. But one thing that uh, I've been spoiled on is that you got in order to get platinum you have to complete all of the um boss hunts oh finding the random um well not random but the uh bounties on on the different monsters and that takes a long time i bet well it's the same thing as like um anything where mm-hmm. like oh like here's like the top like the 10 um, hard bosses of the game. Right. And they get increased with difficulty. Reminds me of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to do that. Well, you can do that. Well, throwing it back to like um, God of War, it's like the Valkyrie yeah. fight or the um, uh, the, the soul, with the gravestones. Well, good fight. luck with all that. Yeah. I'll be talking about this every week. But yeah. Final Fantasy, yeah. great, great so far. Maybe, uh, yeah, when, when you finish it up, when you wrap it up, maybe we can revisit it. Yeah. And then I wouldn't be surprised if it shows up at the end of the year. I wouldn't be either. All right, but uh, uh, that's not the only things uh, we're going to talk about. I played you some played games. something. Well, mostly I played Diablo 4, but I don't need to talk about that more. Yes. I am level 48. <laughs> <laughs> I am almost wrapped up with my first tour through the campaign. Uh, once I hit level 50, and I will probably be done with the. I will be done with my world tier one run. And I'll probably just jump into World Tier 2 and do it all over again. Yay. Because there's stuff that you, you prestige after level 50. Right. And that's not even me using that name ironically. That's what the game calls, calls it. it. Um, so yeah, I will find out what that means very soon. <laughs> probably tomorrow. Uh, so I'm very excited to find out. Uh, but when I'm not playing uh, Diablo, um, I jumped on stream on Tuesday and played some Steam Next Fest demos. Because it's that time of year again. Steam Next Fest is, was happening. I believe it's over now, but it was happening for a few days last week. This is the annual time where Steam puts out hundreds, and I mean literally hundreds of demos for upcoming games on their platform. Okay. And a lot of stuff was available, but I focused on three games that I am looking forward to personally. There was a demo for the sequel to House Flipper, House Flipper 2. What? There More was a House Flipper 2. More flipping houses? More flipping houses. And it seems like it takes the basis of the original one and makes it actually like more of a single player campaign kind of experience. You go in and basically there are quests to complete in the house as opposed to just letting you do whatever you want willy nilly. So I messed around with that for a little bit. I also played demos for um, 
uh, Spirit Swap, uh, which is a Tetris attack-like, uh, in which there's like a story mode where you're learning about these characters. I think they're like witches. They can do magic powers. And this the Tetris attack stuff that comes in is... Oh, by the way, if you're not familiar with Tetris Attack, it was a game that also <laughs> was re uh, released later as uh, a Puzzle League in several uh, several entities, like Pokemon Puzzle League for the Nintendo 64 or Planet Puzzle League for the Nintendo DS. But anyways, it's a it's basically a, th a, a tile swapping game, um, but it's a really cool version of that with story and um, a real cool art style, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, so I played a little bit of that. But most exciting thing, I finally got to play the demo for Goodbye Volcano High, Ooh. the upcoming uh, co-op, that's the name of the studio, yes. um, visual novel slash rhythm game. And the demo is just story stuff. It doesn't, you don't do any of the rhythm game stuff. But holy shit, that game looks incredible. Like the art style is beautiful. The dialogue's really smart and well-written. Um, the way they visualize some things was really compelling. There's one bit, I kind of don't want to spoil it, but I also want to give you an example of the kind of dynamic things they're doing with storytelling. Um, obviously, the premise is, is you're a world, you're the world of the dinosaurs, but as if the dinosaurs lived in the modern times. And what I mean by that is, you're dinosaurs, but you're using cell phones or social media, <laughs> like, et cetera, et cetera. They drive cars. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, kind of like the show, Dinosaurs, in a way. Yes. Uh, but... Just, and just like the show Dinosaurs, there is the impending threat, spoilers to the finale of Dinosaurs, the ABC sitcom, uh, there is the impending threat of the meteor that it will wipe out all life. Um, well, this happens very quickly in um, Goodbye Volcano High. The studio, or the, the demo opens with you basically confirming the fact that the meteor is on its way and will destroy everyone. And it's how the teenagers specifically, because you're a teenager in high school, react to that news. Some of them take it well, some of them freak out, and you get to see all that by kind of literally doom-scrolling through dinosaur Twitter. <laughs> and it does, the game visualize this by, like, actually having you scroll through with the stick um, down through all of everybody's posts, and it kind of speeds up over time. So you literally get the feeling of being overwhelmed by the reaction to the apocalypse, essentially. And it's like a great metaphor for that actually happening. There's some really interesting conversations you get to have and decisions you get to make with, like, your friends and family. Like, your brother is the student body president, and he's going to make a big speech about it. So you just basically tell him, like, you get to give him advice about what kind of speech to make. Okay. So my answer was, like, oh, well, you should, like, try to connect with the kids. You should try to be, like, hey, like, if you need to, like, uh, if you need help or if you have any questions, please come to me and ask. And so I said that, and sure enough, he did it. That was the speech hmm. he made. I'm wondering, like, how many versions of the speech did they make? Honestly, I feel like the, one of the reasons why this game has taken so long to come out is because of they really have taken a painstaking approach to making sure your decisions actually matter. It's the first one of these that's felt as good as uh, Life, Life is, is strange. strange. The original Life is Strange. It is that vibe. And if you've missed that, if you felt like you were a little disappointed by the later Life is Strange games... I think you will get what you're looking for in Goodbye Volcano High. So that thing's out next month. Um, hmm. That's PC and PS5. Okay. I will likely pick this up on uh, PC now that I've played a little bit of on there. I'm like, oh, this is a perfect place to do this. Maybe so I can stream some more of it. So I will definitely be picking it up because, yeah, I'm already, I'm already in. Like, I'm fully invested in the story, the characters, the vibe of this game. I really want to know what happens. 
and I'm excited to play more of it. And I haven't even touched the rhythm game stuff. Um, I'm very excited to uh, dive in. The demo is pretty short. It's like uh, 15 minutes, 20 okay. minutes. Um, it's worth it if you uh, have uh, uh, access to a PC that can, uh, to, that can run it. Uh, August 29th. Oh, sorry. Two months. My bad. Uh, two months, and that's, yeah, PC, PS4, PS5. Looking forward to that. Okay. Anyway. Oh, yeah, and then a shout-out to the couple of people who joined me on my stream while I was playing some Goodbye Volcano High. I had a couple of viewers. Hey. Uh, thanks for hanging out, and uh, thanks for the subscribe on our channel. Anyway. Anyway. That's what I played. Um, I've been playing more Marvel Snap. Uh, of course. Hold on. There's a DC equivalent. What? Yes. <laughs> you just went to like snap benefits in yes. Washington DC. Yes, not those snap benefits. Uh, Dual Force DC Dual Force. Oh boy! Uh, new card based game. Uh, you can pre register for the beta, PC only. Huh. Um, That's a weird choice. Uh, no, I think it's going to come to mobile. Mobile, eventually. but right now the beta is only available for PC. Okay. So if you want to play a beta, I don't. You can sign up and you can uh, get into it. Oh. They'll give you a download for it. Have fun with that. Let's move on out of video yeah. games and into our second half of the show. We always start in the television section with the sports corner. Do 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 do. So as we mentioned last week, sports are a little slow. The only sport active right now is well, there's some college stuff happening. Yep. USFL is wrapping up, and of course, baseball continues. Yes. At least until a couple more weeks, and then it's this All Star break. Yes. But in the meantime, we do have some updates for you. The U.S. Open has a winner, Wyndham Clark. Yes. Uh, great name, by the Wyndham way. Wyndham Clark is, is a good name. Uh, narrowly beat out, beat out um, everybody on the last day. Yeah. Um, golf, we should golf. say. Yes, it's golf, golf U.S. Open <laughs> uh, at the um, L.A. Country Club. Yeah. Great, great golf. Great, great all around. Uh, really close. Um it was fun to watch. Cool. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, Wyndham Clark, not a known game. I think the known person, I think it was only his third, like, third time making a Sunday uh, round. Yeah. <laughs> and he ended up winning. So, yeah. yeah. Youngin. That's the great thing about golf. Underdogs can win. And yes. you can get um, familiarize yourself with new people almost every time there's a big competition. Yes. Uh, I mean, he did win because Rory blew it on the 18th hole. Oh, well, yeah. that happens. It does happen in the festival. <laughs> Meanwhile, the College World Series, we have our uh, competition here has yes. led to the final two here. LSU versus Florida. Battle of the South yes. in the College World Series. Uh, if you really like baseball and you want to see a classic game, LSU versus Wake Forest in the semis. yeah. yeah. Great game. Went to 11 innings. Oh, dang. All right. That so good. good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, LSU um, is the heavy favorite because they beat the heavy favorite, which was Lake Forest, and they will play Florida. That takes place this weekend. We'll have our winner next week. All right. Meanwhile, we are down to four in the USFL playoffs. We have Michigan Panthers versus the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Maulers. Both at a four and six record. <laughs> Ridiculous. And the New Orleans Breakers versus the Birmingham Stallions. Uh, the New Orleans Breakers, which I talked about last week, were already in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Birmingham Stallions barely got in, but they are also the defending champions. So there you go. We will see what happens soon. And then the NBA draft happened. Yes. 
Victor Wimbenyama is the number one overall draft pick in the 2023 draft, going to the San Antonio Spurs. Once again, I mean, I feel like we say this every four years, but a once in a generational talent. Sure, yes. God as a number one pick. Get used to saying his name. Like I'm, I have to. Yes, I'm gonna have to get used to saying. Wimbenyama. Wimbenyama. Uh, played in the French league. Did oh. not play in the U.S. Um, this draft for the NBA, four out of the top five picks did not play in college. Wow. They played overseas. Interesting. You think that's a no pun intended sea change that we're gonna see happen in the NBA draft from here on out? I mean, let's see. Top player right now is Nikola Djokovic. Mm-hmm. Played overseas. Right. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh-huh. Played overseas. overseas. Yeah, it seems like less and less we're seeing college superstars translate to the NBA. Yep. It's just, that's just, maybe it's just not. I don't know. They, they transition into it. Yeah. But becoming that superstar uh-huh. of dri- driving your team to a championship. It just happens to not translate in the same way. I mean, why go to college when you can play overseas against mm-hmm. professionals? Yeah, and then come back and get noticed, get noticed faster in a way. Yeah, that way. It's interesting compared to other leagues. For well, sure. that or be seven foot and score twenty, yeah. average twenty three points a game. It doesn't hurt. Turns out, yeah, it hurts. It, it, it increases your chances of being noticed. Certainly. Anything else in sports before we move on? Uh, yes, since uh, we will do a schedule change. Yes. Yes. Uh, WWE Sports Entertainment <laughs> Money in the Bank uh-huh. will be occurring next Saturday on July first at the O2 Arena in London. Ooh. We will not have a recording by then, so no. this is me <laughs> making that up. That that's a thing that will yeah. happen. If you're interested, if you like Money in the Bank, if you like ladder matches, <laughs> people being thrown into and around ladders. <laughs> Or if you do want, I? Or if you want to see the London crowd, I'm good. We'll pass on that one. Money in the bank. All right. Well, happening on July first. Money in the bank. Well, I will keep my money in the bank by not going and seeing that. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Speaking of money in the bank, David Zaslav has lots of money in his bank, but he refuses to use it for good things. He only wants to anger people. Well, yes, you know he <laughs> retains that money by yes. cutting jobs and, and cutting so other happens, people's sources of money. The next big cut he was going to make. Was TCM. So he already made that cut. He uh, fired everyone from TCM Mm -hmm. except for 20 people. So let's get into the story here to elaborate on that. This week saw layoffs at the executive level for Turner Classic Movies, with the general manager and four other vice presidents being let go and replaced with Michael Owellen, who oversaw CNN during its transition period. Where we saw CNN yes. um, lose CNN Plus, lose CNN and, Plus and just cut a lot of its programming. Uh-huh. Basically the same in line with David Zaslav. Yes. Same kind of line of thinking. These exits prompted speculation that Turner Classic Movies itself might be shuttered, leaving filmmakers and staunch film preservationists Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, and Paul Thomas Anderson. To- I guess he falls in that category. Yeah, sure. Now... <laughs> To take an emergency call with Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav on Wednesday. Amidst the concern, on Friday, Zaslav changed direction by placing the channel under the control of Michael DeLuca and Pamela Abdi, the co-chairs persons and CEOs of Warner Brothers Film Group. 
Prior to their time at Warner Brothers, the duo were at MGM, where they served as motion picture group chairman and president, respectively. The pair was honored for their body of work with the PGA's Milestone Award in February. Yeah, you. I saw a social media freakout yes. uh, when these headlines hit because everybody was like, well, what the hell? How can they kill TCM? Where will all these movies go? It's like kind of a weird move to make. I mean, the Criterion Collection? I mean, because like, outside of Criterion Collection and TCM, those are the two yeah. staunch, um, basically, pillars of old yeah. Hollywood. I think, yeah, I think Warner Brothers is such a weird thing. They're in a weird spot right now because they can do things like this, or at least threaten to do things like this, at the same time that they're releasing those documentary specials about the being 100 years 100 old. years of And Warner where they're Brothers. talking and bragging about all their classic movies. Mm-hmm. You can't have it both. Like, you can't roll out David... I watched the first, like, 20 minutes of that thing. Yeah. It seems okay. I might I might stick with it. But the annoying, the most annoying part about it, they roll out David Zaslav at the beginning of that thing to pretend that he cares about their legacy. Mm-hmm. He's always like, oh, yeah, I love the Maltese Falcon and all this shit. I'm like, no, you don't. No one loves the Maltese Falcon. No, actually, the Maltese Falcon is a classic. Everybody loves it. But no, I don't believe Zaslav loves it <laughs> is the thing. Is I don't believe a thing he has to say about classic Warner Brothers movies. And this is the kind of movie I expect him to make. But you can't have it both ways. You can't say that Warner Brothers cares about this shit and do things like this. Like, you can't have both. And I'm glad. I'm glad that these guys, you know, as rich and, and powerful as they are, decided to take times off of their golf breaks and decided to call, call Zazel and be like, um, I'm sorry, you're doing what? <laughs> it's just like... It's just, every week we're getting some frustrating story out of Zaslav about something he's doing. And it's just like, how many of these are going to happen before, like, the Hollywood system even is, like, angry at him? That's because he swims in the pool of, uh, there's no such thing as as bad press. (laughs) Yes, I know. He surrounds himself with the ideology of no news is bad news. I realize that, but man, it's just like when you have Steven Spielberg disagreeing with the choice you've made, you definitely know that there's something something up. I don't know. I've disagreed with some of Spielberg's choices before. <laughs> That's fair. We may or may not actually talk about him again <laughs> later. I don't know if you included the stuff about um, about the, the Oscar stuff. about. Oh, yes. Okay. That's later. Okay. I won't. Uh, we'll save that then. But yeah, Steven Spielberg has a big impact, is what I will say, on what happens in Hollywood. Yep. And this is no different. But yeah, so hopefully what this means is that the TCM brand will remain at least a little longer and we will still have um, a place where you can see some classic movies before they disappear forever. For now. For now. All right, let's move on into our second story here, which is, I guess, tangentially related to television. A little update on Vice Media. Vice Media, as most of you probably know, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy back in May. They are now set to be acquired by its lenders Fortress Investment Group and Soros Fund Management. Vice representatives released an internal memo that was sent out to employees confirming the deal with its own backers. The deal is slated to close in two weeks by July 7th. A court hearing on Friday made it official with Fortress playing, paying $350 million, whereas Vice was valued at $5.7 billion <laughs> back in 2017. Times have changed. Although, Vice Media owed Fortress $474 million when they filed for bankruptcy in May. Bankruptcy's whole point is to make sure you're paying the debtors, mm-hmm. or paying the people who you owed. So they're basically paying themselves. Yeah. Vice's lawyer, Fred Sosnick, said in court, this sale would put the company, quote, on a secure footing for the future, unquote. 
Sosnick said 10 proposals were received for the acquisition of the whole company and five for certain parts of their business. So this means that the bankruptcy is largely over. They mm -hmm. will be take all that debt will be taken in by Fortress. Um, and Fortress has the choice whether they want to continue Vice as its own brand, what brands they continue, like they get to basically call the shots now what Vice becomes in the future. Uh, at this point, though, I feel like the name's tarnished. Just get rid of it. It is. I feel like they're going to sell it for parts, especially since yeah. that's what they owed. Yeah. Um, not what they owed, but that's what they bought. They bought it to sell the parts. Yeah. So that way they can recoup some of that $474 million investment back. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to continue doing what it was doing because it was not a money-making enterprise. It never was. What do you mean? It was valued at $5.7 billion at one point. Of funny money. Uh, this was back when yes. they were trying to make themselves seem good because they wanted to be bought by Disney. Mm -hmm. uh, I Again, I mentioned this briefly before, but I 100% recommend uh, looking into some of the stuff about how Vice was run in the 2010s. It was all because they thought Disney was going to buy them. Like, every single corporate move that they made, apparently, uh, according to some insiders that talked about this after the bankruptcy, is, that, yeah, like, they just wanted so badly for a multi-billion corporation to buy them that they wanted to make it seem like they were more profitable than they actually were. Turns out they were never profitable. They weren't making money doing anything they did. They were hemorrhaging it, and they just wanted to be bought. And this just goes to show you. <laughs> so, yeah, who knows what will happen from here on. But Fortress now decides. Uh, yep, so so long, Vice Media, so to long. The, the heat dump, scrap metal you go. Goodbye. All right, you watched a couple of things. I watched a couple of things. Uh, one thing I do want to talk about, but I'll talk about it next time we have a podcast, mm -hmm. is The Bayer. Uh, CW, or not CW, oh, FX. FX. FX is The Bear. Uh, one of my favorite shows from last year is back for season two. It's episodes... All 10 dropped on the same day, two days ago, so I haven't had a chance to <laughs> get into it and wrap my uh, wrap into it. I will by next time, because yeah. I'm just going to binge the whole thing. It's that good. At least I hope it's that good. Currently, uh, what I've seen early buzz is that it does exactly what you want it to do and more, and I'm hearing good things. I am excited to get back into it. But where one thing begins, another thing must end. Uh -huh. And that is Class of 09 with yeah. FX. Uh, that officially wrapped up. Uh, I didn't quite talk about it, a lot of it, about it last week, so here's my complete and final thoughts on it. I saw Idris Elba. That was not Idris Elba. That was not Idris Elba? No. I thought I saw Idris Elba. Maybe he was watching something else. No, that was uh, Brian Terry Henry. Oh, I was watching the wrong thing. But he was, uh, let's see, because Class of 09 uh, takes place in three different time periods. The, That's confusing. Um, the past, where they're in... The class of 09, 2009. The present, which takes place between 2023 and 2025. Okay. And then the future, which is 10 years after that. I thought 2025 was the future. Yes, but see, they have <laughs> to do a time jump because the big <laughs> event happens in 2023. And it takes two years for one of uh, for Brian Terry Henry mm -hmm. to become the director of the FBI. Uh, okay. Following the big attack on... Uh, the FBI building. Spoilers, but also not really because that's like, like in the first episode, there's a big in, in memoriam about it. Uh, I thought that in memoriam would reference like something that happens in the finale, but no, it happens like two episodes later. Oh. I'm like, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, you leave this Easter, this little 
little droplet of the information in here, yeah. and then you immediately like get to it and not like drag it out, yeah. which I appreciate. Yeah. But also, but then what is this really about? Because going into this, I thought this was going to be about the attack on the FBI building, how the FBI missed it, and what they like, like how they reconcile with it ten years later. Okay. That's not the case. This is entirely about AI <laughs> and the pitfalls of uh, biased and of uh, the pitfalls of how an AI backed um, government computing system, no matter how good you build it, will always have bias built within yes. it. Yes. That's the entire thing that's trying to say. Okay. Is that if and more likely when. AI becomes the norm to help solve crimes. As good of it as it is with help solving crimes, it will continuously look for crimes to solve. Even if you reach a high point of incarceration, mm-hmm. there will always be a new threat. There will always be something that the computer itself, the AI, will see itself as a threat. Whether to a threat to itself or a threat to anybody. That even discourse... And studying the history of it can be seen as a threat because you're learning what not to do or you're learning how to avoid those previous pitfalls. So right. it's an easy slippery slope. I think it's something that could have been done better, but it's also something that I think took the easy way out of saying, mm-hmm. AI, we don't know what it could do, <laughs> but also... Don't build your own biases into it. But also, maybe everyone's just inherently biased, and we can teach AI just to inherently be biased. I mean, yeah, this has been a conversation in the AI kind of talk, even before this recent uptick in AI talk. It's just, yeah, as long as you're basing stuff on, like, human language models, it's going to take off of human language, and human language is from humans who, like you say... They are inherently biased. It's just the reality of it. And there's no way to take the bias out. There's no way to program it out until, like, like you know, it just who knows if it's ever going to get better. We can't run from ourselves, almost, is the met- metaphor here. It's like, and so it's interesting to have this kind of, th- this approach in a, like, mm-hmm. in a show like this. Uh, but, but, yeah, I get what you're saying, though, also, where it's like, it leaves the storytelling a little open-ended. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> Even, like, if they were to do a season two, I'm not sure how, because, well, one, the class graduated. (laughs) Two. In 09. In 09. (laughs) Two, you kind of wrapped up what they're currently doing. Right. And you're also talking about the future already. (laughs) Yeah. So. You know what happens. Yeah. So, if your story resolves itself in the future, to have a second season is basically to, like, show... How we got to that future, even though we know how that future is going to resolve itself. Or just call it class of 10 and move on to the next group. Just uh, <laughs> take it outside of the FBI. Go to CIA next. <laughs> class of 10. Let's do it. Anyways, class of 08. It's just about, about just the prequel. My high school. No, anyways. <laughs> that, Don't take yourself there. Yeah, I'm always dating right. myself. Anyway. All right. Speak, anything else? Uh, no, just it's there. It's fine. I don't expect a season two from this yeah. thing. Um, <laughs> Actually, I have a good segue. Speaking of AI, <laughs> yes, and AI and credits. <laughs> oh, you see, you saw this. 
I saw some bits of this. I don't like. I think it looks bad, but I guess I'm outnumbered. Um, Secret Invasion on Disney Plus. Yes, uh, and apparently uh, a studio was contracted to create the opening credits, as they usually do, yeah. and they decided to use AI to help create those opening credits. Uh, yeah. I get the aspect of the of what's trying to say in the opening uh but at the same time you're right it just does look bad it looks weird it looks, looks weird bad. i mean it's supposed to be like things are uncertain and uneasy but at the same time ugh, I don't, can it be cleaned up yeah i don't like looking at it there's a thing about ai art every single piece of ai art i've seen it, there's something weird about it i can still tell that it's not real and as long as that's the case, it's never gonna. It's always the eight fingers. It's yeah, <laughs> I think they fix the fingers, but but yeah, that's a good example though. Like that kind of uneasy, uncanny valley feeling mm-hmm. you get from looking at AI now. It's I don't know if it's gonna get better because I feel like no matter what, you're always gonna know. Like mm-hmm. we we look at human faces and human bodies all the time. We're gonna be able to tell if it's not actually a human. Like it's just gonna that just I think people who are in this industry don't realize that it's always gonna be a little weird. But anyways, so yeah, Secret Invasion. Beyond the AI stuff, there's actually a show here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is it any good? It depends. So <laughs> okay, well, because one, the only first episode is out. Uh-huh. So remember the scrolls from Captain Marvel? <laughs> Vaguely, yes. Uh, well, they're back in Secret Invasion. Okay, and that's what the show is about: is that there are still scrolls that live among us. Mm-hmm. Disguised as humans, and now and they live in secret. Yeah. But they're also looking for their own home. And hey, that home just might be our home. And do we want to wait for to find out? Hell no. <laughs> no, because Samuel L. Jackson is here. Yes. To figure it out. To figure out Nick what is going Curry on. Nick Fury is back. Nick Fury is back from being dusted. Yeah. And from his vacation <laughs> slash uh, running saber up in space. Uh-huh. Back down on Earth. Okay. And he is the only one who is able to seek out the scrolls, uh-huh. find their agenda, and defeat them in order to save Earth. Sure. Because you can't call on superheroes, because <laughs> you can't, the only person you can trust is yourself. And the only person we can trust is Nick Fury. Yeah. Except in the opening episode, where <laughs> they show that. Even a, sh- a scroll can look like Nick Fury oh, and damn. betray you oh, because, of course, they can. So, same thing that I had in this, in this comic book run, uh, famous comic book run, yeah. is if everyone could possibly be a scroll, where does the truth come from? <laughs> Who's running the show here? Well, what is truth? Truth is just subjectiveness <laughs> based on your own thoughts and experiences. Yeah, I, yeah, like it's a premise that already is on shaky ground. But do you think they're going to do an okay job with it? Like, as an adaptation of the comic series, do you think they're doing okay? This is a very loose adaptation. Uh, as, as these are. Yes, uh, this is a very loose adaptation. I don't expect them to follow it um, beat for beat. But they're taking the Secret Invasion name and the concept of Squirrels Live right. Among Us. Running from there. And go from there, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so is this going to have any effect on future uh, Marvel movies? I say that knowing the answer is yes. No, I mean, we know that um, <laughs> Nick Fury does uh-huh. appear in the upcoming right. Marvels. Right, because he practically has to. 
Well, he's also in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, so this should lead into that. Okay. We'll see. But yeah, this is, I think, eight episode. So yeah, you'll catch us back up once we see a finale. For yeah, this, it's uh, a summer. And thing. four weeks. Um, and this will precede Loki season two, which is mm-hmm. the show a lot of people are actually, actually waiting for. Loki. Yeah. Got it. All right. Well, that has been your Disney Plus update. Uh, anything else that we need to talk about before we move on? I didn't really watch anything. Um, the Never Have I Ever is back on Netflix. Uh, and what else is up there now? We talked about Black Mirror last week. We talked about Black Mirror. Um, That's, I think, it. New stuff-wise. I can't yeah. think of anything else right now. So, that means we can move on. To some cancellations and renewals. What am I no longer watching? You're no longer watching American Auto on NBC, as that has been canceled after two seasons. So, uh, R.I.P. Yeah, this is the last show for NBC that was on the bubble. Yes. Officially canceled, just like with everything else. Um, yes. Young Rock was in that bubble right, as well. Right. And the other one uh, was it American Auto, and it was... Uh, I can't remember yeah, exactly. <laughs> See how forgettable it was. Uh, next up, the CW has canceled Barons after four episodes. It's already done. Yeah. Canned. Next up. Yeah, I'm unsure if those episodes will air for now. They've been taken off yeah. the schedule. Probably not. Is my guess. Disney is this a CW Seed still a thing? Can they just put stuff there? <laughs> Disgustingly titled CW Seed. Seed. Oh, gross. Disney Plus has said that the fourth season of High School Musical, the musical, the series, will be its final season. Yep. So look forward to that. And then The Wheel at NBC canceled after one season. The Game canceled after one season on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus also went through a slaughter, uh, slaughter fest of their stuff as well. Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies canceled after one season. Queen of the Universe canceled after one season. And Star Trek Prodigy canceled after one season. Those last three, by the way, are going to also be taken off the service in a, in, in a uh, WB-style move. Yes. Uh, Star Trek Prodigy will still be shopped around for a second season okay. that has been shot. Interesting. Unsure where it will land yes. uh, because Star Trek is CBS. Yeah. Those are your cancellations. Renewed this week, Fubar will get a second season on That's Netflix. That's the Arnold Schwarzenegger thing. Sure, because sure, why not? I guess enough people watch that thing for it to get one more season. And only one more season. Well, Arnold Schwarzenegger probably said, I yeah. have another season. <laughs> yeah, probably. Nine Perfect Strangers will get a second season on Hulu. Which I think is... Uh, <laughs> what's that guy's name? The guy from per- Perfect Strangers? Huh? Never mind. If I had the guy's name, if Christy was here to help me, then um, I would have made a really funny joke about Nine Perfect Strangers, but I can't make it. Uh, Bupkiss, that's the, the uh, Pete Davidson show, will get a second season on Peacock. Yeah. And those are your renewals for the week. One death uh, this week. Stockton Rush, age 61, CEO and founder of Ocean Gate. We do not have time to get into the Ocean Gate stuff this week. But, yes. It also, uh, it has nothing to do, really, with what we talk about here, besides the tangential James Cameron relation. Yes. We don't really have time to open that can of worms. No. Just uh, look it up if you didn't miss and Somehow you were able to miss it, but just Google... Submarine, and you'll find it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, something happened. This week. <laughs> yeah, something happened this week involving a submarine in the Titanic. Look it up. We don't have time to talk about it. Ugh. It was tragic, and people made jokes about it. So was the Titanic. Yes. 
Same. That's our joke about it. Let's move on to the last section of the show and we'll talk about some movies. Weekend box office numbers is the first thing we talk about as usual. And your number one movie debuting this week to a measly $55 million. Ooh. The Flash, which is now we can officially say a box office bomb. Oh no, who could have seen this coming? Sorry. If only they went out, back in time. Turns out, Fixed yes, it. it was never worth it. They should have bailed on it as soon as the Ezra Miller stuff came out. They decided to go forward with it anyway. And this is where it leads you. A movie that will be probably immediately forgotten when DC starts doing their new stuff. So, R.I.P. The Flash. We hardly knew you. Next up, number two, Elemental. Another disappointment. Only $20 million, $29 million in its debut. One of the weakest Pixar openings, openings ever in the history of the studio. Second to The Good Dinosaur. Yes, only second to The Good Dinosaur. Mixed bag review wise it seems like some people got it some people didn't i am fascinated i am very curious about this thing i want to see it uh just to see what the hell happened because it was also a 29 million in a limited release it's yeah. gonna get a wider release this weekend i do not think that it will make any more money well it's supposed to be limited so that way yeah. you can get a word of mouth we'll see to say hey you should go see this in theaters we but i see. feel like pixar shot itself in the foot with its, <laughs> latest, with its latest uh, releases mm -hmm. outside of uh, Lightyear going straight to Disney+. Plus. We will never truly know what like any of those movies that were supposed to be theatrical releases that weren't would have done. I mean, between the only ones, it's Soul and Turning Red. Yeah, I know. I, I still believe, even after this, I still believe Turning Red would have been a huge smash. Yeah. And it wasn't. They didn't give it a chance. And Elemental, the one they did give a chance. I don't know why. they did them. It wasn't like there was a lack of marketing. They marketed this thing. I just think people didn't know what it was. Okay. Um, I'll tell you how bad they mar didn't market this thing. <laughs> what are they trying to do? That's the thing. That's what I'm saying. They marketed <laughs> it, but they didn't do a good job of telling you what the movie was. It's about they, elements. They gave you the premise that there are elements and that there's it's maybe a rom-com, and that's it. And then there's also the trailer that was like, oh yeah, it's a rom-com, but there's also all this crazy stuff happening and they need to escape and there's action stuff. Okay, what is your movie? What is the movie? What, what is their goal? I don't know what their goal is. I mean, there's a conversation there about like the problem with the modern trailer, mm -hmm. I think also here, which is trailers don't tell you what movies are about anymore. Yeah. And so that's part of it is like, but regardless, disappointing because I think there was promise here in this I just on paper a Pixar rom-com sounds like a wonderful idea that they could have done so many things with. I want to see it to see if they were able to at least accomplish some of that, but it seems like largely no one was convinced to see it. Disappointing. I don't know, a rom-com for children though? I think it could work. Anyways. Anyways. But what still is working though, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which made another 27 million dollars. Yes, that's right. Only two million less than the new release of Elemental, yeah. um, and that is now at two hundred seventy-nine million dollars. And I am about to uh, give hand them thirty of my own dollars in uh, <laughs> about two hours. So go enjoy it. Number four, Transformers: Rise of the Beasts with the twenty million dollars this week. That's a one on one, at least hey! across the hundred. It did something. It's still probably you're still half no. of a Spider-Man. <laughs> you're still probably not going to make your money back on that one. Sorry. Guys, number five, The Little Mermaid with another $11 million. Speaking of not making your money back, 253 is probably not enough domestically for that thing. Uh, no, especially when you have Spider Man making 279. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, if you're curious about The Blackening, it debuted to $6 million and it's at number six. Yes. So there you go. Not what you see, not the kind of money that you would expect something horror adjacent would do at this time of year. Usually those make for good money. But maybe because it's a comedy and a satire thing, maybe people just didn't click with it. Regardless. I'll see it on Peacock. Yes. <laughs> Upcoming this week, though, two big releases for the kids and families. We got Ruby Gilman Teenage Kraken. No, you have to say it in the proper name. Ruby Gilman Teenage Kraken. Ruby <laughs> Gilman Teenage Kraken. I didn't even make that connection, but you're right. Ruby Gilman Teenage Kraken. Kraken in the big... ocean. Kraken power. Um, that is the new DreamWorks. And that is out this week. Yeah. I have not, speaking of things that are not being marketed, I have only seen <laughs> one bus stop ad for this. Maybe it's because I'm not watching children's television? It's uh, Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, yes. versus uh, Red-Headed Mermaid. Yeah, pretty much. So, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, that is out this week. But everyone else will see the other big release, which is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Folks, it's here. The newest Indiana Jones movie, Old ass Harrison Ford is here to act, question mark, and return to the role of Indiana Jones. Sorry. You think you mean Indiana Jones and the reshoots of yes. Destiny. So what's the vibe on this? Because I feel like nobody is talking about no it. No one is talking about this. Yeah, I'm really fascinated with what one, this does. We all know Harrison Ford is old. Yes. And two, Indiana Jones is an action movie. So right. old what man happens? action movie. Uh, Will there also, be CG Phoebe monkeys? Waller. Phoebe Waller Bridge? Yes, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Yes, Bridge is the uh, new companion right. in this one. Uh, and it's a dial of destiny. For those of you who are wondering what a dial is, yeah. we'll find out. Go see the movie. <laughs> so, yeah, I am very curious. I don't know if I'm rarity raring to see this, um, but I'm sure people will tell us if it's good this week. And I'm looking forward to seeing how it does. And looking forward to a surprise Shia LaBeouf cameo. Oh, God, no. And those, those CG monkeys come back. <laughs> All right, let's move into the movie news. Got a couple bangers this week. First up, the Academy Awards. It's that time of year. We're going to learn about the new rules for this year's ceremony. Not this year's ceremony, next but year's ceremony. this will Sorry. affect next year's ceremony, 2024. One that's being voted on by the end of the year. Yes. Beginning in 2024, films will no longer become eligible for the Best Picture Oscar, with just a one-week theatrical release in Approved City. Instead, they will require a lengthier stay in theaters, according to the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. It is a move seemingly intended to bolster movie theaters and emphasize the difference between works made for the big and small screens, and also to apparently uh, shove it in uh, Netflix's face, which is yes. what they actually want to do here. Yep. Upon completing the initial qualifying run of one-week theatrical release, films will now have to meet the following additional standards for Best Picture eligibility. One, an expanded run of seven days in ten U.S. markets. Ten! Count them! Yes, uh, that is ten of the top 15 yes. markets. Two, any film expansions after January 10th will need to be verified. Three, uh, This is because films that release on right. that last... Uh, qualifying day of the end of the year. Right. We'll still have until January, that's because it's the next point, January 24th to be released. Yes. Three, expanded plans must be completed by January 24th. And four, as you mentioned, will release in the top 15 international, oh, and this is also international theatri theatrical yes. markets. Yes. This is because um, 
in order to widely appeal to a more global audience, mm-hmm. they want anything considered a best picture to be showcased around the world. It makes sense. These rule changes are more likely to impact the plans and pocketbooks of streamers, indies, and overseas distributors, which typically do not keep theaters, uh, films in theaters in major cities for quite that long. By requiring films to screen in more markets and for longer periods of time, the Academy appears to be trying to prop up movie theaters and emphasize that... Wait, we just read this. Okay, so basically... Yeah, I think I put that twice. (laughs) This is kind of a dual move. I think what they're trying to do on top of bolstering movie theaters, which is true, I think also we should probably mention that um, this seems to be a move to make more popular movies eligible. Because think about it. The longer a movie is out in theaters, the more word of mouth it's going to get. You're going to have more time for it to gather steam. Mm -hmm. So not only does this kick streamers in the ass, because Netflix can no longer do the, ah, we're releasing it in New York and L.A. for one week, we're good. Yep, limited engagement. So it does that, but it also means that your RDA24 stuff also has to get wider release than it usually does. Mm -hmm. You can't just go to the indie theaters anymore. This is a move to bring more big budget movies to the best picture race which just makes the Academy Awards look better, and it gives more eyeballs on the telecast. Mm-hmm. So really, it's an interesting move in that way. I think you will see a backlash to this, especially from the indie studios. Well, yeah, the big Hollywood studios are already doing this. They're already putting their yes. stuff in wider markets for long release dates. But what I was going to say is, the problem is, is that this is expensive. Yes. The big studios can do this because they already are doing this. It's not about them. The indies are going to be hurt by this. There's one out right now... Uh, what's it called? Uh, past Lives. Yes, I've heard things about Past Lives. Yes. But if you're not... But it's, only, but it's from the festival circuit, though. Right, exactly. And something like that, if like the distribution deal that a movie like that traditionally gets yes. is smaller than what they're talking about here, you're not going to see that in that many theaters, except this means that if you want to be in that race, you have to spend the money to do that. And... To me, that's a little disheartening because some of the best best picture winners are the ones that get that big push because of word of mouth from a smaller release. Mm-hmm. And maybe the age of that being happening is my, maybe coming to a close here. See, this is all retaliation from Roma not winning best picture. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's just, it's like, yeah, the the, the like to bring up an earlier point, Steven Spielberg's and the 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 elite of the Hollywood are so scared. Mm-hmm. by streamers taking over the traditional model that they're doing drastic measures like this. And this is just the latest salvo in that war. I'm, I'm disappointed by it. I get why they're doing it, though, for all the reasons why I mentioned. I think it will get more eyeballs on the Academy Awards, but at what cost? At what cost? Anyways. I mean, do you know that this is only for the best picture category? Right, but still, that's the big one people care about. Yes. Then of course this is the one they're courting, because... People want the prestige of being nominated or even winning Best Picture. We've seen what it does to certain movies. Mm-hmm. It changes the narrative. It changed the narrative about everything, everywhere, all at once last year. It changes the studios, yeah. too, behind them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It empowers... I feel like this targets strictly A24 because we... In a lot of it ways. It takes it back to, like, Moonlight, which yeah. was a limited release. A24 and Annapurna are big, but they're still mm-hmm. smaller than the big studios, and they can only do so much. Mm-hmm. So this almost like adds like a little like, yeah, it makes it more difficult to have the expansion that they were probably hoping. And yeah, needless to say what it does to stuff like 
to to uh, streaming streaming networks like Netflix. All right. So what they need is they to just combine to Annapurna twenty fourth. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the second story. We have right. a little update about the DGA. So, writers still on strike. Yep. SAG, AFTRA, have until next Friday, the 30th. But, as we reported before, the DGA did get a contract yeah. uh, two weeks ago. But, and the question was whether or not they were going to ratify that contract. Because yes. if they didn't... That would set up for their experience to basically add credibility to the other strike mm-hmm. and basically say, like, well, if the DGA didn't do it, the writers want to also stand up and say we want that too. Or have the DGA join in solidarity with the writers yes. for a combined union attack. Well, the bad news, we got bad news because that dream of the three guilds being united in solidarity is officially over. The DGA decided to ratify their new contract, which means they will not be going on strike. The DGA announced Friday that 87% of their membership had voted in favor of the agreement, with about a 41% turnout. That means less than half of possible voters of the DGA decided not to vote. Yes. Or, yeah, more yes. Or did vote, which means that but more less. than half did not. Yes. yes. Six, uh, 59, basically 60, yeah. percent did Didn't not cast a vote. Yeah. Of the 40% that did vote, 87% of them voted to ratify the new contract. Right. Still much lower numbers uh, than you saw in the, the Writers Guild vote to, to strike, for example. Yes. It seems like there's just not enough passion in the DGA, which we knew going into this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the Guild said the turnout was the highest ever, though, for a ratification vote for them. And so it just means directors are always lazy. From 6,728 members voting out of the 16,321 eligible. This contract, the one that's newly ratified, includes a 76% increase in foreign streaming residuals, which was that guild's top priority heading into the talks. It also includes provisions on artificial intelligence, family leave, and increases in minimums of 5% in the first year, followed by 4 and 3.5. The AMPTP is still in talks with SAG-AFTRA, as we mentioned, which represents 160,000 performers. That contract expires on June 30th, and the leadership could call a strike if no deal is reached by then. If they strike, they would join the 55-day-long strikers of the WGA in solidarity. The studio group typically seeks to apply the terms of one guild to the other two in a system of pattern bargaining. This is what's happened in the past. Yes. But both SAG-AFTRA and the WGA have said now they will not be bound by the terms of the DGA contract, especially now after their contract has been ratified. Yes. The pattern bargaining was used to end the 2007, 2008 uh, writer strike. Yes. So, yeah, this is disappointing because having all three arms unified would have sped up the process it would have also crippled hollywood uh, yes. right now they are losing about 30 million dollars a day just from the writers not being on set from striking yeah it's roughly 1.5 billion dollars yeah for 55 days well with the and with the directors decided that lead that moves the football to the actors mm-hmm. if and we only have like a few days to find out uh by the 30th what happens ultimately with their uh with their deal if there's no deal, they go on strike. And when the actors are on strike, you extra can't make shit. <laughs> like, if you think you can make shit without writers, good luck making things without actors to be in it. 
they're just all all variety all the time, I guess, mm -hmm. in that case, and no one wants to see that. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be really, really interesting to see what happens when that shoe drops by the end of the week. Uh, but yeah, the DGA is the DGA is out. They are they made a deal. They're happy campers, presumably. And uh, now we wait and see. We wait and see. Yeah. Uh, yes, because the thirtieth is not that far. No, it is Friday. Yes, it is one week away, and we will see what happens then. So, so next that. episode, we will know what happens with he will the SAG, SAG after contract negotiations. Indeed. But so, in the meantime, yes, that's it. That's it for the Media Boat Podcast. We have no movie thoughts. Um, like I said, I'm going to try to see Spider Verse today. Finally. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I don't think we have a double feature in us, so I don't know if I'm also going to see Elemental. Elemental. Uh, maybe not. But okay. soon. Thanks for joining us, though. This has been the Media Boat Podcast. We'll be back next week on a new scheduled day. Yes. Uh, as we alluded to throughout this episode, yes. we will be shifting up our schedule. This We will no longer be, uh, I'll say filming, recording yeah. uh, these episodes on Saturday morning. Instead, we'll move to Tuesdays. So, also. Except... <laughs> Yes. The Tuesday that we want to move to <laughs> is July 4th. <laughs> so, yes, because of the July 4th Independence Day holiday here in the U.S., we will be recording Monday night. But the show will be up on Tuesday for you in your feeds, whether on YouTube.com or on the Media Boat Podcast podcast feed that you can find on Spotify, Apple Play, Apple Play, Apple, yes. <laughs> Apple Pay. Apple Pay, Apple Play. I know, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, after that, we will go on to a Tuesday release schedule from there on out. This does mean, sorry, it'll be a while until we do a live show. Uh, we'll let you know. Maybe on certain special occasions, we will get in person and do live. This is all because, uh, you know, there are life changes happening very yes. soon that will change some schedules up. And so this is just, to me, more convenient for our schedules. So we apologize for not having live shows, but hey, no one watches them anyways. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the, like a couple times that we had a live, live show. That doesn't mean that we're going away, though. We will still have a new show for you every week. And hey, recording on Tuesday will give us more time to talk about stuff that happens over the weekend. Mm -hmm. And that's just good for everybody. So stay tuned for uh, a show starting on the 4th of July. In the meantime, thanks for joining us for this one. As I mentioned, podcast feeds everywhere you can get podcasts. YouTube.com. Search Media Boat Podcast to find our page. Like, subscribe, and Click the bell for notifications if we do ever go live. Uh, you'll find us right when you get that notification. Yep. You can also find an archive of our shows on mediaboatpodcast.com as well as special writing occasionally about thoughts of our uh, uh, thoughts about things and also a preview of the movies coming out at the first of every month. You can also find us on social media. We're on Twitter at, at mediaboatcast. Facebook, search Media Boat Podcast to find our page there. If you have questions, comments, feedback, you can email us at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. Email us that, and you can hear our answer to your question on the air. And then we'll occasionally play some video games at twitch.tv slash mediaboat. You can find the archive of my Steam Next Fest demos on there right now for the next couple of days. I did a uh, playthrough of Rogue Legacy 2. You can find cool. that on there as well. So check that out. And then, um, yeah. Yep. And then we'll play more stuff this week. Uh, I don't know. What we got in the docket this week? I mean, Final Fantasy 16. You'll probably I'll hop play, on there. Hop on there for our Monday stream. I'll probably do Rogue Legacy on Wednesday as well. Uh, Tuesday, I think I'll jump back into Rock Band. It's been a hot second since mm -hmm. I've done that. So look forward to that. All right. That's it. 
we'll see you guys next time for a Monday night special. In the meantime, enjoy your uh, weekends and uh, have a good time barbecuing on the 4th. I mean, we'll record before the 4th. Yeah, so, yeah. Still. More news, more thoughts, more of us. Coming up at you. See you next time. All right, bye. Bye-bye.